listening to the bomb hole. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. The bomb hole. Gonna slide down them big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go. Another day back in the booth with Stony Buds. What is happening, my friend? Not much, big dog. Another day in the booch. Back in the booch, we got this week's guest, Brock Crouch. Brock, what's going on, my friend? Not much. Just cruising, just rolled into the crib. We had a couple technical difficulties, but he whipped out the tools <laughs> behind you, and you, you set that shit up. Yeah, uh, for the li- listeners and viewers, we had uh, the microphones were falling off the table all over the place. We had a code red situation going on. So. And this is a real set, real active tool housing garage, not just a fake uh, video set. So it's good to see you Absolutely. use those tools. Absolutely. Yeah. D-Wall, if you ever want to sponsor the show, uh, we already endorse your products anyway. Um, but yeah, let's let's throw it back to where you're from, SoCal, dude, the SoCal kid. Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. Um, mom and dad had an apartment up in Mammoth with my grandma and grew up right in there. Never really was on the Mammoth snowboard team, was always uh, kind of like coached individually. And actually Shane Flanagan, Tyler Flanagan's dad, I just rode with them for probably about six years and seven years. And he came to a bunch of USA essays and dope, dope contest. And he was there for me and Getting to ride with Tyler and Keegan and all those guys up there in Mammoth was super, super dope. And, uh, yeah, super thankful for my parents. They always were having me do super, super fun shit. Like, they always were like, yeah, no, let's go back down in April, right when the snow kind of stops coming and you can go and surf and skate. And I always loved, like, playing baseball and football and just, like, a bunch of different sports. They didn't want to ever, like, really burn me out, you know? Which was I'm super thankful for that. And you grew up at a young age, uh, Dave Downing, big big inspo. Oh yeah, right. I'm gonna give him a little air horn. But. Definitely, Dave is like, pro- Dave is my mentor through all of snowboarding. He helps me out so much, and yeah, Dave. I remember Downing took me out in the backcountry for the first time ever in Tahoe when I was about seven years old, and that was the day that I met Danny Davis, and I was tripping. I was going out with like, I was we were with like Mike Hatchet, bunch of old TB12 homies, and it was so insane. We were in South Lake Tahoe. Danny rolled up and like a mice or some shit was eating his wires in his snowmobile. Rolled up and we were like going on the trailhead for maybe five miles, and he flew by me and my dad, and his, his shit literally had a flame like flying like five <laughs> feet out of the front of his snowmobile, and it just caught on fire. Classic and, mouse on the wires, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm claiming he may have left the parking brake on. I don't that's, know. That's I, what it was. I don't know. I've actually heard people say that mice get into their shit, though, in Tahoe-ish area. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I can see that happening. But the flame comes from yeah, the, the e-brake. I'm, I'm claiming the e-brake. You claim e-brake? Let's find out. We'll hit up Danny. So yeah. Did you say it was Danny? Yeah. So that's where yeah. you met him. So that's, his sled burned down. You were seven. Yeah. I was like seven or eight, I think. And yeah, we were with Hatchet and Downing. And Downing was on his own sled and me and my dad were going out. And uh, Hatchet and Downing were way in front of us. And so we like hit the radio really quick and we're like, Yo, Danny Sled or Danny hit the radio. I don't think I had one. I was so young. And he was like, Yo, my sled is inflamed. What the fuck do we do? And then Hatchet and Downey like come running around the corner. 
And Downing like started throwing snow on it. I remember Hatchet was like, "Get away from it! It's gonna blow up!" Like, <laughs> it was a full on scene. That was like the first. That's actually crazy scene for my first ever backcountry experience. Holy shit! And then we went and rode dope little lines in Tahoe with Danny D. And You're already pretty good at this point. Yeah, I, I, Old I mean, going out with standard. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean, like at seven. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just am so thankful. Downing and my dad, I think, met through like church or something like that down in Southern California. And I guess ever since then, they just kind of hit it off, and they both love surfing and hanging. And so it's, it's insane. So I, they were buds. Yeah, they were like super good homies. And they, my dad actually like helps a bunch with Dave, like taking out people in the backcountry and shit. It's really cool. That's sick. Yeah. Well, that kind of brings us to our guest question, presented by Solomon Snowboards. We got Solomon team rider Judd Henke's asking you on. So here we go. What's up, bumhole? Judd here. I have a question for Brock. What made you decide between snowboarding and surfing? Oh. You're going to be pro. You could have maybe had a career in surfing, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, when I was younger, I grew up in Carlsbad, one mile away from the beach, and my dad loved to surf, and so did my brothers, and yeah, I just grew up surfing and skateboarding, and I didn't really, I wasn't really into surfing, actually, that much. I was just skating the YMCA, like, all the time, and I'd never really surf, and then I remember when I was, like, 13, I think I got a board for my birthday or for Christmas or something, and so did one of my, like, best friends at the same time, and his dad and my dad always would surf, and ever like i remember that day down at pipes i had a broken wrist actually from falling off of a balcony and i had a waterproof cast and i remember that day i was like wow this is actually really really fun i was riding a brand new board and then when i was probably 14 or 15 i started doing a couple nssa surf contest and then the U.S. snowboard team did something with, like, the U.S. surf team, and then I met some dude from there, and then did, qualified to be into, like, the USA surfing. Uh, they were called the Primes, and uh, they were just another competition down in Southern California. And I did those and then got an invitation to be on the USA surf team for when I was, like, 16 or 17 and went over to Japan and did a it's called like the isa world games and did that and then yeah after that it was pretty sick we actually won it was pretty insane i i made it through like three or four heats and then you like go to this like repo charge heat it's pretty crazy all these kids from around the world they all it's like it's kind of like honestly like junior worlds for snowboarding events like it's like kind of that similar uh contest Look, you know, you have, like, different opportunities to try and, like, get back into the event or some shit. And then, yeah, and then, honestly, I had that crazy accident and realized how much I love snowboarding. And that's kind of, like, to answer the question is, like, I just love snowboarding so much. And I love surfing as much, but it'd be pretty sick to try and just focus on snowboarding for the next couple of years, do some contests and shit, and then... Maybe try to do, like, a project with... I want to really do, like, a project with surfing and snowboarding, but... What were you better at as a kid, would you say? I mean, I, I grew up going to Mammoth for five months out of the year. And yeah. I feel like I feel like it's always been snowboarding first, you know? But then there was a point in my life where it was pretty crazy. I'd be like... I remember I did the U.S. Open, and I w drove down to Denver 
with my mom and we flew right to like Santa Cruz or some shit like that. Met my dad. He had like my three surfboards. He drew, drove up from uh, Southern California. And then I like did a surf contest for two days and then like dipped and went back to like a snowboard event or went and like filmed or some shit. It sounds like dope. your parents kind of like really would just do whatever it took to get you get you out there, huh? Yeah. Or what Dude. what did they do for a living that they're yep. able to do this? My mom my mom works for Wells Fargo and my dad is a general contractor, has his own construction company. So give him some air horns. Yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. He he was at uh Lusardi. I don't know if some of the I've viewers heard of that. Yeah, some of the viewers and you guys may know it's this huge uh construction company in Southern California and he was actually like the vice president. Or not the vice president. He was, like, super good homies with, like, the vice president. He was, like, his main <laughs> lieutenant or some shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he bailed from that company, and he was, like, with Brock traveling, like, I got to, like, go to these events. And, I'm like, that's why in those questions I said, like, my dad's definitely my biggest inspiration in life for sure because he just kind of dropped everything almost and just, like, did everything it could take to, like, get me places. And I'm super, super fortunate from – the companies that support me because I had, like, the little extra money to go and, like, all right, I want to go do some surf contests, okay? Like, you know, like, I had, like, a little bit more to be able to go and make the quick flight from Colorado back to California to be able to do a surf event, you know? Like, super thankful for them, though, because they definitely, like, did everything it takes to get me to where I am today, you know? That's awesome. I was having a conversation with Alex Andrews, and he basically... I'm going to quote him loosely saying that you're one of the most motivated riders he's ever seen. Now, what I was wondering is, do you think some of that work ethic, that motivation, like, like where does it come from? To put words in your mouth, does it come from your dad doing construction, stuff like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My dad has always taught me, like, dude, you need to go out and, like, work for it, you know? And, like, I'm super, super fortunate. Like, I remember we'd go to launches, and my dad would, like, kind of like just be he would just be there so i wouldn't be like going crazy but i remember i'd always like show up to look i remember at a launch one time i got i showed up to like a vulcan party had some had some beers went home and he just fully knew and he was like hey come up here i was like no nah, i'm good like i'm just chilling i gotta we gotta be up there super early tomorrow bridges wants us to go hit that jump you know and he he like kept me in line though for sure like he knows everything he knows He's been in the same shoes. My dad actually raced motocross for a really long time. And so he's like, he definitely understands the vibe and what is going on at these big events and shit like that, you know? And I feel like him keeping me in check and like him telling me like, no, this is how you need to do some things and this is how you do others. And he'd always like take me out to his job sites and like have me like work and be like, yeah, if this shit doesn't work out, this is what you're going to be doing. Like, if you don't go and work hard and you don't go be productive and you don't go and strive to be the best that you can possibly be because that's how you want to wake up every single day and that's all you're trying to do is be the best human you could possibly be. And that, my dad, like, taught me that. He taught me everything. Like, And it's sick, too, because he's, like, super good at, like, mechanics and shit. So whenever I'm on the road, if, like, one of our snowmobiles are kind of acting up, like me and Red or some shit, will be like, yo, we kind of hit a tree. I don't know really what's going on. Like, I got to switch this A-arm out. Like, what What do I need? You know? Like, it's so sick having a dad that kind of knows everything. Like, That's killer. Your options. Super dope. Like, you're either A, you can uh, come swing a hammer at this job site, or B, you can 
chuck some front tens. You know what, what's you, that? <laughs> That's what's pretty your, cool. What's your, like I'm going. I'm gonna hit the. I'm gonna jumps. go this way. Yeah. <laughs> So I remember you guys, you coming to the launch and your dad. I remember meeting your dad, and it was it was sick, man. You guys rolled just a crew of basically micro snowboarders, and it always seemed like you rolled with the rad crew, and it was sick to see you guys come up. How how was that for you, being so young at the launch with such a? I don't know. You guys were like killing it at a young age. It was pretty rad to see. Yeah, dude, and I that that I'm just huge thanks to you and Bridges and everybody at Snowboarder, like. You guys were the ones that made that event happen, and I was super, super fortunate. Like, that's kind of going back to, like, growing up riding with T-Flan and riding with Shane. Like, I w- I'm pretty sure I was at the first ever launch. You were. When Was the first launch in Keystone, or where I was it? I believe it was. There was, like, that car against a tree, maybe? Yep, was and then, the one? like, Tyler and McMorris and yeah, Tyler was Seb, Seb Toots and those guys were there. Was yeah. that the year? Or it might have been, like, a year after or I something. I think it was the same, the right, the same one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I remember me and, me and Gabe You were, were probably, there. like, what, four? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we were, like, seven yeah, or eight, like seven I think, or eight, doing, yeah. doing nationals in Copper, and I remember... Being there and just watching that session go down with, like, the helis and shit. And I was just like, dude, this is insane. Like, yeah, back when we had budgets for helicopters yeah. at the launch. Yeah, and my dad my dad was like, dude, like, this is it. Like, this is what you need to work for, you know? Like, these guys are these guys are doing what they love every day, and they're just hitting this jump doing dope stuff. Like, Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, I remember, like, years go by, and then that little posse of me and Cody Warble and – uh, Judd and Red and I remember that one year at Bear Red had like the Red Cam. Yeah, they gave him like a Red camera, and we just took the camera around Big Bear for one whole day, and it was so dope. Yeah, you guys so were fun. just ripping. Yeah, I remember just riding laps on laps on laps at the launch, just being like, "There's so many photographers here. Like, this is so dope. Like, this is such a cool opportunity. I'm with all of my best friends, and this is like." This is insane, and that's, like, me and Luke Winkleman, always, like, we always just, like, kind of, like, check in with each other, like, dude, are you, like, this is insane, like, are you still super grateful for doing this? Like, we were just saying that the other night, like, so thankful to be a part of Burton, and they take such good care of us, but. At such a young age, how they made yeah. you guys family. Yeah. And then you got a little bit older, and I remember you were a part of the snowboarder movie. Yep. And I remember you came out and hung out, and I kind of got a vibe, you were almost like. You hung out with such tight kids all the time. You, I almost felt like you felt you didn't work quite as hard that year as you could have when you came out. And you had so much natural talent. It's like you could hit anything and look fucking dope. But maybe, I don't know, maybe because I don't know how to frame this. Dude, I, yeah, was that, you know the, what I'm Mag- talking that about? was the Magoon trip. Dude. Yeah. Dude, yeah, that was insane. I, re- I remember that. Just like yesterday, I was actually talking about that the other day. Remember that house we stayed at? It had that dope ass little pond in front of it with these trout that were like, oh yeah, that was thirty inches yeah. in Seven Springs. It was super dope, and yeah, hundred percent. I remember I was filming for the beta, and is that uh, what it was, beta? Yeah, I think yeah, we were filming for beta, and that year was a crazy year. I ha- I remember I just started the year before that. I did pretty good in some X Games and. Uh, I think I was like 15 or 16, and I was with Red traveling the world, getting into X Games, getting into Do Tour, doing all of these uh, uh, contests over in Europe where the drinking age just does not exist. That's true. You're like four, I was like 15, being like, can I get a beer, please? And they're like, yeah, for sure. No I think ID. it's legal. No ID needed. Yeah, I think it is legal. Like a beer you can get Beer's when you're 15. Legal, liquor is like 18. Yeah. And I remember... Uh, 
I remember, yeah, traveling the world and doing all these contests and you're just going to all of these baller-ass dinners. You're like, oh, yeah, I got a Red Bull dinner tonight at Matsu. Oh, I got a burnt dinner tomorrow night at Nobu. You know, like kind of like getting caught up in the competition scene and like really you should be there focusing, getting your, like making sure all of your shit is in line. And me and Red were just raging. We were just. And how can you not? We were just nonstop. Yeah. Like, it was actually insane. Like, I huge shout-out Dave Reynolds, Mike Ramirez. They, they, we put them through some crazy stuff, the U.S. team coaches, like, back then. And, uh, yeah, and then I remember I came from the U.S. Open with Judd out to that shoot, and we were kind of raging there, too, because Seven Springs is like they a boat. They everybody up, right? Yeah, snowboard. Yeah, we were there for a beta park shoot in Seven Springs, and they put us all up in this pretty dope house, and Bridges is just there having a good time. He was staying, I think, up at the boat. He was staying up at the lodge, but all the homies were just down. I think you were staying in with us. In mansion and, house. And Magoon, yeah, Lucas pulled up. That was dope. And it was pretty awful weather, but we should have, like at this where I am now in the headspace I am, we definitely could have been making shit happen. Yeah. You know, it was just foggy. Which now I look at it and you're like, Oh, it's kinda of foggy. Like that's kind of a cool like photo opportunity off of a rail or something, you know? Like And I could see how it would be hard being a young kid with all this put in front of you. Like Yeah. But also do you want to go swing hammers? <laughs> you're cruising around filming for the snowboarder movie and then fast forward. Can you give us a quick explanation of the life-changing event that happened when you were heliboarding? Who you were with, where were you, and what exactly happened? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the craziest things that has ever happened to me. And I feel like, yeah, was a lot of snowboarders, a lot of everyone in this industry knows how gnarly the backcountry is. And it's really a bummer when you see people that don't know how gnarly it is, you know? But, um, yeah, I was filming for Beta, and I remember I got all these, like, crazy opportunities. I got a call from my Red Bull athlete manager at the time, and he goes, hey, there's this huge opportunity for you to go up to Whistler because I, I really wanted to go to Alaska, and that wasn't happening, and so we tried to make something happen up in Whistler, and he goes, the absinthe film, Justin Hosnick, Sheen Campos, Camp Fitzpatrick, Mark Tremblay, and John Jackson have an extra spot for you in in the heli. Like, do you want to go? And I was like, dude, I'm driving. I remember I was driving up to Whistler to meet up with, uh, or I was with Kai Gerard actually, and I was going out there to try and get a couple shots for the beta movie because I was like, dude, I don't have shit. Like, this is crazy. I, I got really kind of – I. Actually, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking that at that time because right before I went and got the call that I was going to Whistler to go in a heli with John Jackson's, like one of my lifetime inspos, you know, and I, I wasn't even thinking. I was just like, yep, I'm there. Let's do it. I'm up at Baldface right now. I was up at Baldface for 10 days doing that like Turning Man event that Danny did. And I remember I was up there absolutely raging. Like everybody has been to Baldface and know how it is. It is. The best place on this planet, hands down. But after an insane day of riding pal, you like you gotta have some drinks to that, and that's just. I've how heard it some is. crazy bar tabs go off. Let's. Uh, where were you at? <laughs> yeah, I I remember my mom called me and was like, "Hey, I, I did did you get charged like?" 
couple thousand dollars extra from Baldface? And I was like, I don't know. I heard it's just always, I heard it's super expensive to go up there. Like, I don't know. Probably just like, maybe, I don't know. And she was like, well, what is, I don't know. And then I remember the next time I went up there, I was like, oh yeah. So that's how this whole thing works. Like there wasn't a tab for our drinks, you know, like Danny made this whole event happen and we had to pay a little bit of money to go up there but I thought that there was just free drinks yeah they don't charge you on the oh spot. they don't tell you <laughs> yeah they, just, a, they love hey that. you want a kokanee <laughs> oh you want a you want a bloody or what are they called Caesars Caesars up there? that's Canadian yeah. they sneak it all to you yeah they're like you want a Caesar you want a kokanee I was like yeah, they don't want to trouble sure. you with paperwork yeah <laughs> they, they yeah they're just it's great living up there not Taking anything away from Baldface, but no, it's it's awesome. Yeah. I've actually never been. Have you been at that to- time in oh, my yeah. at that time in my life, I just got done with a competitive season. Did good in X Games. Did good in a couple events, and I was like, dude, we're up here raging. We're with all of the best, my best homies in snowboarding. You know, like you were living. It was so sick. Baden was up there. Jared. <laughs> Danny, dude, uh, Lamvik was up there. It was the sickest crew, I remember. And then right before I went up in the heli that day, I was sitting in the parking lot getting ready to go to Baldface when I got the call. It was like, yo, there's a heli spot with absinthe for five days. Do you want to go? I was like, yep, I'm going. I remember we flew down from Baldface and drove out to Whistler and... That's when shit kind of hit the fan. I remember we got two pretty good days. It was... uh April 19th when we got there, and then we rode the 20th and the 21st, and it was okay, I remember, and it was getting really, really hot. That's pretty late season to be filming in Whistler. Like, you can be getting stuff done in Whistler that time of year, but you you shouldn't, like, necessarily, like, if you're heli and you should be up in AK that time of year, you know, it's kind of, like, late, 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 and we had it in our head that shit was melting for sure, you know, and, um... We went back out there and had an insane day on the 22nd, I remember. And, yeah, and then we got some insane lines I rode in the morning with John and Cam and everybody. And then we went over to this other zone. We were flying out uh, Rutherford Valley and flew over this one spiny zone that looked pretty sick. And there was a couple sick poppers. And John Jay wanted to fly down there, and we stopped and, yeah, flew down and, Got a pretty insane run, and then I remember we were down at the bottom, and I just did this run, and I I was kind of thinking to myself, it's so crazy looking back at this situation, like those red lights, you know? And I, for some reason, I remember when I was getting back in the heli, when they were like, how was the snow over there? Like, was it good? I was like, yeah, it was pretty fun, you know? Like, a little spicy on the way out, but other than that, that run was one of the better ones we've done all day, but... Yeah, I'd be down to maybe keep moving, you know, and maybe go out to the coast or something like that because they were saying that we were going to keep heading west to hopefully find colder snow. And then we went back up, and I was we scouted all this. And when you're in the bird, you kind of, like, scout what you're going to ride, and you just kind of fly back and forth for, like, five to ten or however long you need and take your photos and do whatever, you know, and I remember doing that. And huge shout-out, John Jay, for teaching me that little move, kind of taking the photo before you drop into your line and drawing where you are, you know? It's like, helps you tremendously know where you're going on the hill, you know, if you see what you're riding and trying to match things up. And, um, yeah, and I remember me and Cam Fitzpatrick uh, were going 
down this ridge and I was looking at this one rock where I wanted to kind of drop in and ride this spine and then hit this little, like I was going to try like a natty back three off this little popper. And, um, I was riding down and looked, I remember coming around the corner, grabbing on this rock. And I was like, Oh yeah, I think, I, I think this is like the rock and this is where I was supposed to be. And, you know, and hit up, uh, Josh, Justin Hosnick on the radio. He was like so far away over by the heli actually. And he, I hit him up. I was like, hey, can you see me up here? I remember having a little conversation with him and asking if I was in the right spot. And I remember right before my accident, he was. I remember hearing like, hey, like, I don't really know if I see you. I, I'm. You're kind of maybe lost. You might have went too far. Like, I just scanned the whole ridge. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to start walking back. And then right then I, like, put my hands. I was up on this rock, you know, and I put my hands up there and kind of like, started trying to, I remember trying to, like, walk back off of whatever I was on, and fucking two minutes later, I realized that I was standing on top of, like, a 30 to 40 foot cornice, and that whole thing just swiped right from out of my legs. Remember hearing on the radio, avalanche, 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 and then, yeah, right then, I just remember kind of going into a mode, like, wow, like, this, I'm, I'm in this shit. I am fully in an avalanche right now, and I, I don't know what there is much that I can do, although I remember that I have I had a backpack on, an airbag, and I was just trying to pull that, and it wasn't going. It, so that was kind of a shitty situation for sure because I didn't hear the air start going through, you know, and right after just me, I remember trying to pull – as hard as I could to get that thing to go, I remember I just, like, got tossed in a weird way and then remember hearing my back break. And, like, it just, like, I rem- it, was go- it was so, like, oh, my, I'm in this to, like, oh, I just got fucked up. <laughs> like, you know, when you kind of, like, get hit pretty hard, you're like, oh, I might have something wrong, you know? Like, that was, like, instantly I heard that shit break on, like, a bunch of rocks and shit. And then, yeah, I fell down, I think they said, like, 1,200 to 1,600 vertical feet. Like, pretty savage. That's fucked up. That is savage. Pretty savage run. We were riding pretty big runs in Whistler. You're with with Absinthe. Yeah, I was with John Jane, the boys. Yeah, you're not riding small stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty pretty eye-opening, you know. And, uh, yeah, I just remember right when I got buried, I... First thing I downing ever taught me was if you ever are in an accident or if you're ever in the avalanche, you always need to think about your airway. And I was like, yeah, okay, for sure. Like, I want to learn everything from you. Like, <laughs> I remember trying to make an airway and my arm kind of like, spinning your arm. Yeah, in front I, of you. I, and I, I got, I was like buried. My legs were like above my heads or above my head. My arm was, like, behind my backpack or some shit. And they thought, right when they unburied me, they thought that my arm was, like, gone. They thought, like, John, I guess, was saying that he thought that my arm was, was, like, amputated. Because it was, it was like, it was such a weird position. It was, like, tucked up behind my back. It was pretty crazy. So, yeah, and then uh, I just remember, I was like, I love snowboarding with all my heart. I love my family. And it'll be a gift from God if I make it out of this situation and I remember just being so calm and was just like I mean I was just so content I was so thankful and so 
happy with everything that has happened in my snowboard career and my life, like growing up as a kid, I just like remember like thinking about all of that. And I was just like, dude, if this is my time, this is my time, you know? And I just remember I just was as calm as I could possibly be. And then six and a half minutes later, <laughs> snap back into it. You're out like under for six and a half minutes. Yeah. I, I luckily <coughs> going back a little bit, when I remember when I was saying how I, I hit up Hosnick to see if he was on the radio, the heli pilot was back there with him. And right, apparently right before I hit Hosnick on the radio, he was saying that the heli pilot, this dude, Josh, he, he was like, yeah, are you all good? Will the sound bite get messed up if I leave the rotors going? Because... I don't know. You guys have been on helis. Like the, it takes like five minutes to if you shut a heli completely off, it takes a while to get that thing back go, back going. You know, and so very very luckily and super smart pilot we were working with, Josh left the rotors going and right when things went south, he was like up in the air, and but he said. By the time I got to the bottom of the debris, there was this like big, there's this like big rock wall that I was kind of, he said I was kind of like pinballing off of it a little bit, kind of gnarly. I like all these six teeth right here, all fake. Got pretty messed up for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That was definitely probably one of the biggest eye opening experiences I would say ever <laughs> happened. What to was the total bone? You know? uh, I broke my back in three places. I broke my, like, this face bone right here. I had, like, I think, like, 24 doctor's appointments or something like that in, like, seven to nine months of getting, like, my face kind of reconstructed because all of this bone up here, like, got broken inside. I had, like, three or four dental surgeries up in there, and they were... Uh, they had to like go and put some bone graft up there and shit. Gnarly. And then I lacerated my pancreas, didn't really eat in the hospital for like four days. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm super thankful for the crew that I was with. Like, it's so special when I get to see those guys every single time. Whenever I'm up in Whistler, I try to always see the heli pilot. And then whenever I see John and Mark and Cam, it's just like so like... Kind of like Seth and Jeremy and Alex, like their story is so gnarly, and I feel like they all like. At the end of the day, you got to take the positive out of everything, and they have like such a special bond now. You know, like they had some of the most eye-opening shit, and it's so awesome that whole story to like hear how their story went and how my story went. You know, it's super super cool. What would you say the biggest learning takeaway was from that whole experience? I. I think that I remember right when I got out of the hospital, I got back down to Carlsbad and I was driving on the coast highway to go eat food for the first time. Like I was in a wheelchair. I was pretty effed up still. I had no teeth and I was driving down the coast and I kind of, it all hit me. I just started bawling my eyes out. Like I guess like breaking your back is like one of the most emotional bones you can break in your body. So like I would just like start bawling like every single day. And I had like really gnarly PTSD. That's what I was wondering. Like yeah. I had like really bad dreams. I had to go to classes for like two months. It was pretty it was pretty bad. But yeah, I just remember driving down the coast highway back home for the first time and like just bawling my eyes out and really realizing like holy shit, your life can get taken from you at any given second. And I feel like it's pretty crazy, like, a lot of people don't have that life-changing experience, and, like, 
it's really, really a bummer to see how sometimes kids are acting, and you're like, dude, like, why are you saying that shit right now? Like, you have no idea. Like, things could end right now. Like, literally in a blink of an eye, and I, I think that's one of the biggest things I've ever... Like, in that one question you asked me earlier, you were asking... what was, I don't know what that question was, but we were talking about, like, the words I live... The words to live by. It's like, I live for the moment. Like, that's my words to live by. And I think that... Um, I, th- I think those words are pretty strong words because I think everybody out there should be living for the moment, especially it's 2020. Shit's kind of crazy. But yeah, shit's fucked up right now. <laughs> That's wake true, up huh? and 2020. Wake up and try to be as positive as you possibly can be and try to get shit done because you have a very, very small window. Dude. And you basically could have died right there and you were ready to accept it. Yeah. You were like, yeah, for I sure. might not I mean, make it out of here. Yeah, it's a part of what we do, I feel like, you know, and I feel like uh, if you want to be pushing the limits and doing crazy things in the backcountry, sometimes you got to fuck. Like, obviously, I was definitely not, I was so young. I yeah, were was you, not, do you feel like clearly, you were prepared to be out no, where you were? You weren't qualified to be on that bird, you don't think? No. Hell no. Money you know, probably I, was exchanged, and you were sent on a trip, and you needed shots, and you were like, "Let's." Anyone would say yes. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I remember. I, I, ro- I'll show you guys this clip after. I remember, like, I rode probably the gnarliest line I've ever ridden, still to this date. John Jay was like, "Yo, get up on that cliff, hit that cliff under In that the John, corner." John, it's nothing, yeah. right? <laughs> He's like, "Hit that cliff up on that corner, or under that corner, and then do this slash on that spine down there, and it'll be a sick clip." I was like, "Yeah, for sure, yes, sir." Like, yes, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the it. morning. The morning was so dope. I he's remember. like a 15, like, 20 year vet. Why yeah. wouldn't you do a line? He pulls out for you, of course. Yeah, and you exactly. were and you pulled that line. Yeah, yeah, sick. that one was sick. I was super stoked. And um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like definitely I was getting really, really sucked into this competition. Even filming. You go on film trips, you deal with shitty weather, and you sit inside for a week straight, and you're like, okay, we have to drink a 30-rack a day. There's nothing better we can be doing. All right, we can go hit a – we'll go hit these dank-ass restaurants in the town of Jackson and go hit the spa and get ready for the next time we go out. But, like, you have – you really – it's really crazy because growing up, trying to film in snowboarding and trying to compete as much as I could and do both, you know, I feel like it was like – me and Red were just living the absolute dream. Like, it was actually insane. And I feel like that whole winter, what we were just kind of talking about leading up to the accident was, like, definitely, I feel like, a big sign for me. I feel like I just was definitely getting sucked in and partying a lot. Like, I was, it was a point where I was almost drinking there every single day. It was pretty crazy. So I feel like... uh Definitely big ass wake up call after that whole deal, you know. And yeah, I learned that you need to live for the moment. And there's so much shit that like you have no idea that could just happen to you at one moment, you know. Dude, I, that's crazy. I think that's important to hear too, because you're you're this kid who's got the world by the balls. You got all these sponsors. You're just going through life. You don't really realize how good you fucking have it. And then from what I'm hearing, you're basically saying that this avalanche is like the best thing that ever happened to you, which is so, is is incredible for people to hear because there's a lot of ways you can, obviously the it was traumatic and terrible, but it gave you this new lease on life. And what I kind of wanted to get into is the rehab process. Like you're right for Red Bull. Then you basically immediately were like, 
let's hit the fucking gym, right? Yeah, dude, it was crazy. It was, uh, I remember we were up in Canada, and we couldn't, I was in the hospital for like six days or something, and they were trying to give me a private plane home. Red Bull was. Yeah, we were, we were trying, well, I couldn't like fly yet, and so I was, I remember like Red Bull, and then my dad, like that's where my dad is just biggest life inspo because he just was working his ass off to try and get his kid that almost just died home like he was hitting up all his old homies like hey do you guys have any links to like a like plane like the do- the doctors are saying that if he flies it was like I think it's a two and a half hour flight I think from Vancouver to San Diego and they were like I <laughs> they were like yeah it'd be probably pretty smart if you guys got him a plane so he could lay like all the way home you know and I, I remember the lady, I was like, hey, so when do I get to leave this place? Like, after, like, day four in the hospital, you're just so over it. And I didn't stand. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. I, I remember them trying to get me a plane home, and that didn't happen. I was like, fuck this, dude. Let's get home. Went And I had these pain pills, popped some pain pills right before we got on the flight home. Passed out. Woke up, like, an hour into the flight. Most pain I've ever been in. Just miserable. Like, just crying. I was just a little bitch. Like, I was so mad. Like, I was like, this is insane. Like, this plane can't make an emergency landing for me to, like, lay down. Like, I just remember I was all messed up on the perkies and shit. And, like, I got home. And, I, I dude, I really, I really, like, couldn't. With injuries, like, when you have a b- pretty big, tremendous, like, injury, you can't really, like, get into the gym right away. And I, I was thinking to myself, I was like, Dude, I'm going to go home, be in the gym by the end of next week. I'm going to bust this thing out. They're like, it's going to be eight months until you snowboard, you know? And I was like, no way. There's absolutely no way. And then two weeks in probably, I, I think I walked, a, I had a, one of those turtle things on, walked into the gym, and I was actually at my own gym down in Carlsbad, and my trainer, Ryan, he, uh, he talks to all those homies up at Red Bull because Red Bull has, like, the most hands-down insane physical therapy, rehab training facility up in their headquarters, actually, in Santa Monica. And they're, dude, like, shout out to Red Bull. Like, they have helped me out in so many ways. Like, it is actually insane. Like, right when my x-rays and MRIs got taken up there in the hospital, they, like, sent them down to their back doctor in Newport and was like, these are the, it's like, these are the actual injuries. Don't let the doctors say anything else. Because, like, They'd come in, you come in one day and they're like, hey, we, you need to get surgery. And then they'd come in another day and be like, no, we think it's this fracture in your back. And you're like, what, what is it? My back's broken in three places and I know my spinal cord is floating somewhere real close to that. Like, that's all you're thinking about. And then you're like, wait, can I still feel my toes? Can I still feel my fingers? It's pretty crazy. I had like, I have pretty bad nerve damage uh, for after all the injuries. It's pretty pretty messed up. My like whole like right side of my, like right side of my dick and right nut just Completely, what? <laughs> completely numb, dude. What? So does that mean you can go like a stallion or dude, what? Completely or, or you numb. just don't know if it's going to work like or not. For like two months. Oh, okay, for two months. Time sensitive. But, Half boner. But it comes back. It, he, the doctors are like, it could come back. Whenever. It comes and goes. Like, it comes and goes. And it that could happens be. to a lot of people when they drink a lot of whiskey, too, as well. <laughs> <laughs> they have the same effect. Yeah. So pretty crazy. Like, there's just a lot of, like. That's going back to kind of just like a huge wake up call. You got beat out. I, I just there's a lot of injuries that are like little injuries that are still sticking around. You know, I can't bite into an apple. That's pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. 
Because of your upper jaw? Yeah, I can't bite into fishing line. I'm a huge fisher. Can't bite into fishing line. One of the biggest things that pisses me off. Why can't you bite into fishing line? Because all my teeth are fake. Like, these uh, are all just, like... like they'll break? Veneer know. type deal. Yeah, yeah veneers. veneer. Implants. So you literally hit your face on a rock, right? Yeah, I had, and like, gnarly... Like, I had gnarly curbed. Yeah, I had gnarly, like, rocks and shit all up in my teeth. You should give and us then, some pictures we can put in for... The viewers. Yeah, I got you. For, for the, uh, for sure. I remember getting one of you in the hospital, and you looked played. Yeah. I just like a homie like one going around. stitches down here, but I was so I was so on the IV drip already when I was getting stitches in my chin. I was just, like, trying to talk to this guy. I remember it was, like, 3 a.m. in the ER. I was just like, how's your day been, man? Like, asking him all these questions. Because you're on shit. some sort of pain drip. Yeah, but back to, like, the Red Bull thing, dude. It's, it's like they... Did so much for that situation, and that's where it's like super, super thankful for them. They really care about their athletes, and they are always doing pretty dope camps. Did you have health insurance? Like yeah, I did, and yeah. a lot of people thought it was free. A lot of people were like, "You got hurt in Canada? Yeah, free health care." No. I was like, "Nah, I'm an American citizen. I had to pay a fair chunk of change." Yeah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> You're not instantly a Canadian just because you crossed the border. Yeah, you exactly. So. Pay any taxes over there? Yeah. So you don't get their system. So, so going back to the rehab process, I love. I personally am fascinated with like when people get severely fucked up and then they have this like fire to to get back to a hundred percent. And that's yeah. kind of what you had going on, correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I remember. Well, dude, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a crazy. It's crazy. I remember I got back from the hospital and I was down in SoCal. My best friend just won the Olympics. He was on the highest of the high. Like, homie just won the Olympics. He's got this gold medal. He's got these rings. He's he's traveling, going to New York. I mean, shout out Red. Give Let's him give him an air, air horn. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, he he's doing all this, and I, I was just tra- – I remember I was traveling with Red. He made the Olympic team, and then I went, and I was filming with – I was filming actually in Europe, and he, he wins the Olympics, and then I'm just freshly out of – Almost losing my life. <laughs> like, just broke my back in a bunch of spots. I got six, seven months until I snowboard. He's just on an ultimate high. He worked his ass off, and he won. He won the Olympics. Like, that is absolutely insane. And I was working my ass off, telling myself that, you know, and doing what my dad always says. Keep working hard. But really, we were just partying, raging, going to all these events. And Red was absolutely killing it. And then... I remember I came home and Red got a house in Southern California and I had a turtle shell on my back. I couldn't really do much in the gym. I couldn't. I, I went and saw my trainer. I went up to Red Bull, but you can't, like, my back was broken in three spots, so you have to, like, you literally, I was on my couch, first off, for another, like, two to three weeks, and then I could get in the car. And once I remember, I, once I could get in a car, I would drive <laughs> Five minutes to Red's house that he was renting, and shout out Click Culture, Blake Axelson. I was just, uh, I remember I would just paint in the garage every single day, drink a bunch of booze, smoke some spliffs, and just get fucked up and paint and have a great time. And I remember that I, like, I didn't drink for probably, like, two to three weeks after my accident. I was like, whoa, that was crazy. I don't think I should drink anymore. Like, it crossed my head. I was like... I don't I don't really know like I don't know if that's really the best like decision, you know. And then I got caught up in red like me in red 
were just like he. We were living in SoCal in the summer. I could barely even move. I was just chilling in the backyard getting tan, and they were in the pool. And I remember we were just drinking twisted teas all summer and having a great time. <laughs> but really, I feel like that's where it's like the low. That was probably the lowest of the low of my entire life. I remember it was my 18th birthday on August, and I got hurt in April. And by the time August came around. I was already in the gym, and I was already uh, getting a lot of physical therapy, but not doing much. Just kind of, like, moving the legs and stretching the back and, like, doing super mellow stuff, doing, like, trying to squat again. And, like, it's pretty crazy. Like, your back, when when you break your back, it that is everything that your body uses to, like, move off of the couch, to move out of a chair. It's pretty crazy. So I feel like when I... When I was down in SoCal, I remember it was my 18th birthday, and uh, we got insanely fucked up in August. And I was mid, I was like mid, mid rehab, you know, like I was trying to strive to like October to the trip that I just came back, like from Sasve. I was trying to get to Sasve. I was like, that was six months from my injury. I'm gonna prove that I can do it in two. Like, two months less than what they were saying. And I'm going to go at least be able to snowboard in Sasfe, you know? And then, yeah, my birthday got insanely hammered. And then my dad, two days later, kind of was, he, I remember he kind of did, like, an intervention on me. And was like, yo, there's a lot of people pretty worried about you out there. I remember, I was, I'll remember this day to the day I die. Like, we were drinking coffee. And he said, hey have you ever thought about stopping drinking? And I just remember, like, there's no way that's going to happen. There's absolutely no physically possible way that that is ever going to happen with the sport I do. Like, I'm going to get judged insane. Like, I'm literally going to get judged by every single one of my friends. And then I remember my dad was like, yeah, well, a lot of your really, 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 really close friends from Southern California are really worried about you. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, who? Like, tell me. Like, right now. Like, I'm about to call them. And I want to hear yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> what do they say? No. Like, I'm fine. And I remember, uh, yeah, he, he kind of called me out and was like, dude, I think you should really maybe stop thinking about, like, drinking. I think it's a pretty big damper on your life. And I think that you could be a lot more uh, well-off and successful without it, you know? And, I, and then... I remember that day I was out the beach getting hammered with a couple of my other homies down from Carlsbad. And I remember I got back to my car. I had a missed call from Steve Reska at Red Bull. I had a missed call from Frankie Chapman at Burton. And I I don't think, yeah, I don't. Did they know your dad talked to you? I don't know. I don't know. So maybe everything was just question. coming. I don't think so, though. Yeah. I don't think my dad was like, yo, like. People can, people can tell when yeah. you're fucked up, though. Yeah. People can, like, they, they Yeah, just, yeah, they I know. feel I feel like they probably knew. Like, we were having a lot of parties at Red's house. If people were talking. And yeah, here. yeah, like, they're, yeah. They're, you, you you guys have been down to SoCal. Like, yeah, I mean, there's dude, a lot of, there's a a lot of, of snowboarders down there. Yeah. And, like. There's a lot of really, really anywhere the, you go. Yeah, exactly. There is <laughs> in the and scene. The, yeah, and there's also a lot of really, really beautiful girls down there. And I remember at the time I was dating a pretty, pretty hot chick, and we were, we were, <laughs> we were having a great time. Me, Red, and me, Red, and he was dating Haley. He's still dating Haley, and I was dating my girlfriend at the time, and 
we were just going on double dates everywhere, living, and then, uh, yeah, and then it all kind of, I kind of, I, I, and it's really cool because I'm super thankful for that day of my dad talking to me and telling me to think about that. And then I'm so thankful for the calls I got from my sponsors because they were like, hey, you have one opportunity to make this career the best you can possibly have. And that's like where I want to go in a little bit and talk about how like it's pretty insane. You get like five to eight years, I feel like, is a pretty damn good career in snowboarding, you know? And that's where you're like in the best shape of your life where you're you like you're you can go and compete and do try I really want to try and go and work my ass off in competitive snowboarding and also work my ass off in filming because I believe that you can do both and I think it's really cool that there are a few people out there trying to do both you know and I and my dad was telling me he was like hey I think that if you you have such an addictive personality that if you stay on the sauce he's like I think that's going to close a lot of doors for you it's getting to that point and then I remember Frankie and them called me and told me that you have like he was like you pretty much need to get your shit together that's kind of long story short and they knew what was going on because I feel like that's how like there's lots of parties and shit like that and people in the industry know what you're mm-hmm. doing at all times and that's just how it is like it's in the social the media norm. age <laughs> yeah the norm. but th- that's and I'm super thankful that I feel like I kind of learned that at like a pretty young age because I feel like it has helped me and yeah now I'm sitting here in the in the garage you got a lot more than five to eight years though <laughs> two two years two but dude I, I five to eight years you're gonna be like 22 well I mean yeah <laughs> how I mean, old are I, you right now for I've the record been, yeah, been, how old are I'm, you right now I'm 20, 19 20 I mean yeah I mean five I just meant like five to eight years maybe like, contests Video really, part, though, you can really look at, crushing look at this it. This guy over here, JP Walker, really, Ooh. really crushing it. I feel like your prime is those five to eight years where you can go out and make the most money, and you can go out and do this. Because I've been, I mean, I've been snowboarding since I was three years old. And that's what's one, crazy. You started through so three. Yeah. I'm twenty. You've already, you've already got so many years where some people. Yeah. I mean, look at Jill. She started like four years ago or something. Really? Yeah, she started pretty late. Very impressive. I don't so know if exactly really four, really but cool. I want to bring back to this subject of what of your pops. Uh, is he sober? Oh yeah. So that's cool. My Twenty five years. My my dad also he doesn't drink as well, and uh, he's kind of. I've had some similar talks. He, just to, that I I like the way he phrased it. He basically said, "My dad told me he's like, uh, you have a quota." Basically, you know, we have alcoholism in our genes. I know you have them in your genes. I've, I've heard you talk about that. And he was like, if you can either uh, quit. You're going to hit your quota one day. You either got to quit drinking or you're going to fuck up your life. It's one or the other. And it was like kind of phrased. Like I always knew there was like kind of uh, an expiration date on my drinking to where like you, at one day it was going to have to happen. And uh, what I was wondering as somebody that's been sober for two years now, right, wh- what are the pros and cons? Like how has your life improved since Quitting the sauce. I mean, I was pretty young when I was on the sauce, and I still got hangovers. Mm-hmm. I was drinking enough to get hangovers and feel like absolute shit the day after a big, big night at a contest. 
<laughs> or even just like you party house. the night of a big contest. Oh yeah, wake up and just feel it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though just, you were seventeen, you're just, you're just so hit, you know. And I feel like alcohol at the end of the day is probably not the best for your body. <laughs> Fact. I mean, you think? I, <laughs> not I for healing know. either, I right? I don't really see any pluses for it, and I'm. I don't judge. I love hanging out and being social and hanging out with all the homies and love making sure that all of my best friends are getting home safe. Like Dope that is that, that is the best feeling ever. Shouts to the DD. Yeah. Like that is super super dope to be able to make sure all your homies are getting home safe and I don't I don't know. I just never now looking back at it I'm like, "Wow, I don't really see any pluses from all that sauce." Yeah, it's a very very fun time, but I wake up every day now and I have a good time. I make myself have a good time in whatever I'm doing. If I'm skating a slappy curb or skating a flat bar in the street or if I'm going out on my snowmobile at 5 a.m. and going to sled all the way out to Rutherford and Whistler 60 miles or whatever it is, I'm just, you're just like, I wake up and make sure that I have a good day. You guys are getting it in life. Yeah. Your like, crew too. Yeah. it's it's. I'm just super, super thankful and I feel like back to my dad like I would not be literally anything without him because he is like made some of the biggest best decisions I feel like for me as a human being you know like so, hearing that like, from your dad so, was probably hard. yeah just so thankful to have a dad that really really cares about his son and like really just wants the best you know like huge shout out give him an air horn and <laughs> a gunshot but yeah I mean and it's hard because you get it. You understand, like, the addictive feeling. Like, mm -hmm. like it's pretty crazy, dude. Well, you get really, really sucked in, and you really can just, like, go off the deep end. Going back to this, there is a lot of people that can drink, and it's fine, and they should drink, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's certain people who you just see, you're like, I don't think that guy should drink. And yeah. I'm one of those people, Um, and that's – but, you know – it's you know it's a good gauge is a, is a good gauge people are, you know when you start talking about sobriety a lot of times people are like they kind of look inward and they're like do I have a problem and a good gauge is like are you fucking your life up like are you fucking up your relationships are your friends and yeah. family worried about you exactly are you those are the those are the warning signs like oh shit this you know but other than that most people can go out and fucking slam some beers have have one for me and Brock because we can't <laughs> that's sure. what I'm saying oh yeah <laughs> true. And Stony Buds because he me. gets drug tested. God damn. Ah. <laughs> For sobriety. For okay, well, I think it's that time, Buds. Yeah, we've got we're a little late actually on name that video part. Yeah, how you feeling, Brock? We're gonna get into. Oh, here we go. Name that video part is presented by the Dutor, which you got a podium at last year. Yep. Would you get second? Yeah, I got second. That was sick, dude. That was a that was a crazy day. Gotta put down the heat. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. That was a really fun day, for sure. Riding with all the homies, it snowed like four feet the mm -hmm. day before the event. The whole course got buried. It was a pretty crazy deal. So, uh, what I was wondering is, what's your confidence level zero to ten as far as name that video part? I don't know. I, I'll give myself a five, maybe. Coming, up, coming in at a five, clean. Five. Oh, clean. halfway. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh. Beanie Man? Is that Beanie Man? I actually don't know who the artist is. I might say Beanie Man. Who is that? It's Is that Stevie Bell? 
No. Oh, it's close, though. It's correct on the movie. I'm just going to say he was... Let's say he's maybe somebody you oh, looked wait, up no, to. Oh, wait, no, wait. That, I think... Somebody you looked up to. Oh, that was... That, that, can I get a replay? Yeah. <laughs> It's John Jackson, but I'm having a hard time with what movie. Is it? Is it fucking? Or is it? It's uh, no, it's forever. That is correct. Yep. First of all, wild song. I think it's Bounty Killer. <laughs> he puts it down in that one, though. Oh, yeah. Dude, the double back rodeo that, 1080. That Dude, the stuff. double back rodeo 1080, hardest trick in snowboarding. Hands down. And then he does that. Rowdy front end dubski, and he's doing the shoot where he always threw the cliff and everything else. Yeah, and yeah, dude, he's he was going beast. Well, you know, what you got yourself. Hey, you're a winner. Oh. You're a winner today, son. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. What you got yourself is a igloo playmate cooler. Wow, filled with bomb hole merch. You got a mug. You got a hoodie. I wouldn't shake it too you much. That porcelain might crack. <laughs> uh, you got some stickers. Dude, you know, thanks, boys. Congrats. Congrats on the win. Yeah, I was I. I was a little. I was pretty nervous about that. I was a lot like, of if it's not, nervous. if it's not a John Jackson song, I'm, I'm <laughs> pretty fucked. But yeah. I'm gonna give a shout out to Alex Andrews because he said he had some John Jay part on repeat on oh, some yeah. trip. So I was I, like, All right, I, I'll find a John Jay part. Yeah, huge dude, John Jackson. You know what I? I, I want to say legend. SoCal, like he's kind of a junior bacon John Jackson. Yeah, he kind of are a little bit, dude. I grew. I actually, <laughs> dude. I actually rode with John Jay quite a bit when I was younger. When you were a little kid, not like really because I was seven years old, but like <laughs> I saw it. Like we like kind of knew who each other were because, uh, like, shout out Mammoth, Peter Morning, and oh, all, nice. and like Greg Weaver and all those homies used to. We used to just do some like photo shoots and do like. Like hot, you guys remember hot laps? I do like, remember those edits. I do. Yeah, edits. edits. Yeah. They do, it used to be a movie, and it'd play at a WCI West Coast Invitational. Yeah, that's a great, great event. Right. They used to, they used to do like movies, and I just remember John Jay and Mason Aguirre and all those homies would always be like filming riding around Mammoth in June when it was super dope. That's beautiful. Well, we're still in name that we video. We got one part. more song. So oh, this is are? for the listeners, oh. for the listeners or viewers. They get to guess this one. Uh, you guys know the drill. Here we go. Bud, do you know that one? Nope. Not even, <laughs> not even close on that one. Well, thank you guys for playing a little. Name that video part. All right. Well, let's talk about snowboarders that do contests and also film video parts. You're saying you want to be that person. You did joy, you killed it, and you did a bunch of good contest results as well. You're one of those dudes. So in one that's, world. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think it's pretty crazy. It's really it's really keeps you on your toes and huge shout out to all these people for making it happen, you know. I, I'm super, super lucky and uh, where I'm at right now and I'm super fortunate to be able to go out and have a snowmobile and have a truck to be able to get to all these dope places and be able to really be able to do it. You know, I, it's, I'm super, super fortunate to be able to go to this contest, do this contest for a week and then be like, all right, I'm kind of banking on this result to see if I can go on this trip or not, you know? And I remember actually last year filming for one world last year was an insane year. Actually starting it off. I was up in Whistler, doing kind of a USASA 
type event that I needed like 60 points or something to be able to drop into a contest. And then I went from Whistler down to X Games where I was like third alternate or something. Got in as an alternate. And I remember uh, Zach Nigro, shout out Burton. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you, Jake, for setting an insane path for all of us to be on. And, uh, yeah, I, I just remember Zach hit me up. He was like, yo, do you want to go to Japan to film with Red and Zoe and Kelly Clark and try to go out there for a few days and then fly back from Dim- – we went Denver, Japan. We're in Japan and then flew back for Dew Tour because Dew Tour was back in Colorado. And I remember I was banking. I was like, dude, I – kind of want to start getting, like, start doing better in contests. Like, I haven't had the best luck after my accident. I kind of took a year off to kind of just film for joy, you know. And um, I remember I qualified first into finals at X Games last year, and I was like, book that ticket. I'm going to Japan for sure. Like, I, I don't even care what happens. Like, I'm, I really like this course, and I hope that I can try and, do better you know and I'm riding I really like this course and that's where it's like kind of like you need to if you're really like vibing and having fun with this course that's where it's kind of like sick because you can just like stay stay more positive and stay a little bit more motivated than other people that are just kind of struggling and shit like that you know I feel like um but yeah I feel that doing both snowboarding in the competition scene and the film scene is like a whole different ballgame because it's like, I don't know. I, it's really hard for me to hear all these filmers and all of these writers kind of saying that they should be getting more and they should be doing this and they should be getting this. And it's just like kind of hard for me to look that in the eyes when you're standing at the top of this run and you're like, hmm, what trick should I try right now? All right, well, I got this big air coming up. I should probably try, like, a back 16 or a cab 16 or maybe a switchback 16. Who knows? Like, fuck, if you want to try and beat Mark, you got to have every single goddamn trick in the bag, you know? So it's just, like, you can't even compare at all. It's so, and it just really is kind of hurtful because all of us contest kids aren't talking shit on Sam Taxwood doing all this dope stuff in landline and doing all and like filming con- like insane good video parts back to back gears and like it's kind of rough when you hear like you know like video kids are talking shit on contest kids that's just fu- that's just snowboarding you know like it's kind of always been like that and it, yeah it's kind of always been like that and it's really really hard and I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's... I'll tell you. There, there might be, like, a little bit of, like, some insecurity there. I don't know oh, what... Oh, we're going deep dive psychology. <laughs> deep dive. I, no, I, I like this. I agree. It is. It is insecurity. It is. 100%. Like, and and it's, it's just, like, it's kind of... Cr- like, I love watching all of these movies. I was just in Denver for the One World premiere and was watching all the... I watched the new Videograss movie. I watched the new Absinthe movie. I watched Tangle... I watched quite a bit of movies, and it's sick. Like, everybody's doing snowboarding in their own way, which is so rad, and it's such a bummer because I, we all, dude, snowboarding is, like, who knows what's about to go down with all these magazines and stuff like that. Like, it's really hard, and I feel like we all kind of need to just come together because it's really, like, it does, at the end of the day, it does not matter who you're trying to impress. It does not matter on... 
this ride. I'm trying to beat this rider, or I'm trying to do that. Like, you need to be out there snowboarding for yourself. And there's no other if, ends, or buts or way around that situation. Like, we all are lucky as fuck to be able to go and strap into a snowboard and get to hit this ledge into this concrete parking lot, into a pump bump, into this down rail. We're all lucky to be able to go and do a pal slash on a resort. Like, it's just, like, kind of kind of a bummer, you know? I feel like... I think the money a little... is a direct equation of eyes on the event, so contest dudes just get paid more because more people are seeing that than a hardcore jib movie, you know? People I mean, get salty when you're making biscuits. Yeah. That, has, that has a lot to do. And that's true, yeah. But I think uh, but it's only the top people that are making it, money in contests, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, if you're like not, you got to be podium. Or if, else. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy, dude. Like you, you have this small list, right, of these riders that you get invited to do tour, and you get invited to X Games, and you get in, you Burton. They do a great job at kind of opening up the book a little bit, and I think they invite like thirty-five riders or something like that to the U.S. Open, but. X Games is just like such a cut, dude. You're, but you grow up watching that shit. So you know, and it. every single person out there that is watching this bomb hole right now, dude. You guys grew up watching X Games and watching movies where Travis Rice was probably in it at a young age, or Sean White, and they were doing the same thing that we're doing right now. They were in contest and they were in, they were filming some. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel like. They they were like you try to work your ass off to get into X Games and be on the ESPN show. You know, I feel like that's kind of what you try to do as a kid. And if you aren't in that twelve to sixteen person cut, then it's really hard. And then you go, oh okay, I just got sixth. I probably will be getting some skrill. And you're like, you get like a two thousand dollar check. You're like, yeah, I should not going to pay the bills. I should have. I sh- should have tried a little harder. I should have tried again. I don't know. You know, like it was just like if yeah, if you're not on the po- if you're not on the podium, it's definitely you're not getting that much. Not enough, sure. really. But then that's where I'm super fortunate for everything you guys have done. Was the like when I was younger, like 15 to 18, it was like I was looking forward to going to like the launch and I was looking forward to going to Super Park because I was like, oh yeah, like big shit's about to go down. That was and always like, the coolest thing and for us to be able to meet the new kids like you yeah. guys come through there. It's such a yeah. cool thing. Yeah, the launch was so dope. Yeah, props to Bridges for making that all Give happen. An air horn. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And that's the reason I meet all you guys at such a young age it's, yeah. and it's so cool. Well, definitely the shit. Going going back to what you're saying too on that, that subject, it's, you look at, you look at uh, snowboarding, right? You got your backcountry snowboarders that build cheese wedges, they're talking shit on the guys turning. The turning guys are talking shit on the rails. The rail guys are talking shit on the contest. And it's it's just like the tale is old as fucking time. People, that's just natural. People hate. That's, that's, it's sad for what it is. But when it comes to the contest stuff, it's like, you know, Danny said it. It's like a 16 is harder than a back seven. People are like, I don't, I don't like the big spins. It's like, you think you guys can't do a back five? You can't do a back seven? Like watch practice. You guys are shit yourself. It's you know so so I do think that um, sometimes you know I could rightfully so you guys get the shit under the stick when you watch somebody's video part maybe and you're like the, you know that was that was fucking easy <laughs> but it's it's different. They're just you can't compare. They're they're two different beasts. Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like uh, it's uh, 
really, it's honestly a really hard topic to talk about in snowboarding for me at this point. Because you do both? Yeah. And it's, it's like, and when I, and that goes back to where you were saying, like, one of the most motivated riders is like, dude, my, after my accident, I don't care. Like, I don't care what I'm doing. Like, this year, I want to try and maybe go on a street trip or two just nice. to, like, kind of see, see potentially what that goes about. You know, I feel like they, dude, I'd be down to go try and hit a rail and get a spot all dialed and get kicked out by the cops or something. That'd be pretty dope, you know? But, oh, you're looking forward to that. But then, like... Go with Buds. He's, he's like a magnet. I'm a cop magnet. He's a cop magnet. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you... But then it's like you go and you go into the backcountry and backcountry, like, I have so much respect for Travis Rice and, Sa- like, Sage and all these people that are super involved in trying to make, like, and trying to, like, really go hard at this whole, like, backcountry thing. Like, it's really, really sick to see. And, like, Ben Ferg, like, he has some insane shots. And Mickle and Danny and, like, all the, like, all those guys that are kind of, like, just really trying to push the backcountry level of riding. Like, huge inspiration. Like, I'm so inspired with those guys. And then you, like, turn around and do a complete 180 and you're like, Dude, I'm so inspired by, like, what Jed's doing, and I'm so inspired by, like, what Lewif's always putting out there. And, like, it's just insane to me to think, like, how could these kids that are talking shit on, like, all these competitive riders or whatever or backcountry riders, like, everybody is just absolutely putting it up right now in snowboarding. Like, there's a lot of really, really good snowboarding going down right now, which is really, really sick to see. That's a fact. Agreed. Yeah. Like, and girl, like, I just watched the Tangle movie, dude, and the girl, Desiree, Nirvana, and Jill. Kill it, huh? Give him an air horn. Absolutely put it up. Desiree, opener, say what? Oh, Let's we go. got a little leak. We got a little, a little leaky little pipe. Give us some info. Super well, little leaky pipe. Speaking of uh, leaky pipes, we got a One World exclusive bomb hole leak, leaky pipes coming at you. We got to see this. From the Burton movie, One World. And uh, for the people listening, he's dropping into a jump here in the backcountry. Where's this thing at, Brock? That was up in Whistler right before uh, COVID hit. Me and Red and uh, Dude, Mikey. lofty booter. Wow. That, that is a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we were, that was uh last couple days filming. We were definitely Trying to push the limits for sure. We uh, how did that <laughs> photo look? Is all I can think when I see that shot. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, Stan knows. <laughs> oh, true, dude. It looked like you went huge. We got a bottom angle too. Same a, for the listeners. It's a giant oh front God, three dude. on like a huge roller gap in Whistler. Let go of the grab a little early, dude. The step downs are so gnarly. Just dropping out of the sky. Step down. Yeah, so that's, you went gnarly. huge, very lofty. Especially when you're, especially when you're dealing with the. Uh, you wearing an all white kit there? No, all like kind mint. of a mint. Oh, mint. Minty. That shot was pretty mint. Hey, you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that was dope. Who uh, who did you build that kicker with? Because it looked like you guys put the extra block in. Yeah, we. That was uh, that was me and Mikey Cicerelli and Red, and uh, we were out there with like Aaron Leyland. And Johnny Turbo, I forget. I forget who else we were out there, but I I, I think that's like Kai shot. Red's brother was out there too. I think like Haley might have been out there with us too. Haley hit that jump. No, she. I, I don't think so. <laughs> were you scared on the road, fam? Because that was the first tracks. For the that listener. was first tracks, huh? 
Or yeah, was it hidden? Yeah, oh, it was in that I, second that was, shot. That was first track. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I kind of like really like kind of getting like gainy and shit. You do? I really like that adrenaline rush of like, this could go one way or the other. You know, that's like, a, that's a good feeling to have in snowboarding. And that's why it's like kind of sick, like in the competition scene, you're always like kind of trying to like improve your snowboarding and learn new shit that's like really, really scary. <laughs> <laughs> so that stuff's that I love the Roshan filming. That's like a must. Not all people know. Yeah, well, I bet a lot of people don't know how it goes down. For a lot of people that don't know, Rosham is like rocks, paper, scissors, and that's how you decide who gets to go first on a backcountry jump. So you get you contest guys show up to work on Rosham, where some people are scared, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think. I mean, ultimately, when you're filming a video part, I feel like that's that's part of it. If you, some with, people with choose your, to go second, crew. though, right? Oh, yeah. Some oh, people choose yeah. to go first. It just depends on the person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean... You just want to win. It, it is really funny, though, when you're out there and if you're building, like, a big-ass jump and you kind of got to work for, like, a day or two <laughs> building the lip, you're, like, just out there just strictly building. There always is that conversation, like, halfway through when you're, like, starting to look at the jump. You're like, this thing's got, like, four to five on it. Like, we probably should keep going. All right, who's hitting this thing first? Like, let's start talking. And then it kind of is in everyone's head. You're like, oh, shit. Who's hitting this thing first? You know, you know what's a good move, too, is, like, I've pulled this one before where, like, you know, you, like, yeah, I'm down to go first. Or, like, you, you win and you, you win Rosham and, you you know, you opt to go first. And you're like, yeah, no, this thing's chill. Like, you're just totally lying, though. You're like, I'm fucking so scared right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, especially when they're, like, for, like, filming in the backcountry when there's, like, trees and shit, like, around, you're like, dude. I shit hook right, or if I shit hook left a little bit right now, there's a tree there, there's this drop here, there's a rock there, like, and I'm sure that's probably, I haven't really filmed in the streets, and I sh- I'm sure there's also consequences like that, I mean, I, mean, I know there is. It just depends is. on I've the watched, sash, you yeah, know? I've watched yeah. videos of, like, like, Jill, little, she did some dope stuff this year, I don't want to give it away, because I don't know when this is coming up, but Tangle, there's some dope consequential clips in there, where, like, you got, you got, you have to come off early, to, like, not hit a pole or something at the end of a rail, those spots are pretty dope. Really consequential. Because if you go left, you just run into a fence. Or if you just get too locked in, you go right into the pole at the bottom. The, do, the doer dies. The was doer it Mamut I just saw that went through, like, a full-on hole? Jib? Like, he hits, gets on something and then drops into, like, a triangular... Yes, that, that was Mamut. That was crazy, dude. Yeah, those yeah. French Canadians are on Yeah, they're shit. on a good level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got another One World exclusive leak. This is a park shoot. Oh, from, this is uh, a, we got two oh. different sessions. Yeah, here we go. Mm. That's kind of letting the big dog eat right there. That's what that is. It's letting that park background shine, huh? What was yeah. that for the people listening that can't see the clip? Like, like me, I can see it, but still don't know what it is because I was a cab can't double, count that high. That was a cab double 12. Nice. You know yeah. what, when a cab 12 looks like a cab 9, that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, I just had a fun trip over in Sauce Fay. You kind of like go over there to like get on. This is from Sauce Fay? No, that yeah. was, this is from up in, uh, up in Hood. We did a little park shoot up This there. summer. Yeah, this summer. It was pretty cool to have everybody, have everybody together and riding again. It was pretty sick. Oh. Are you guys was, snacking nice. mid conversation? Yeah, like you it. want some gummies? No, I'm okay. Fresh from the airport. Bro. Some- <laughs> Brought some gummy worms. Chris is gonna get on some sugar 
rough. That's my shit right He doesn't there. eat a lot of sugar lately, though. Mm, it kid's depends on the be, day. Kid's going to be going crazy after a couple of these bad boys. <laughs> well, well, going back to um, One World, if you're interested in the movie, we got, uh, we got a link in the show notes for the trailer and for the Burton One World website. And uh, Brock is sitting on some heat. He's already seen it. You guys got a, you got a leak. Who's got... I can't really ask, but who's got your favorite shit in the movie? Dude, uh, dude, the movie is pretty cool. The The writing and the editing, they did a really, really good job. I'm, it's insane to say that I'm a part of a burnt movie now. and like, well, That's a big deal. Yeah, I'm super, super stoked. It's definitely something that I've always uh, strived for, and being a part of that brand for a long time, I think... I got on Burton when I was like seven. Was how, do, how does one get on Burton at seven? Yeah, like, I'm for, well, that, that thing. for that, the viewers and the listeners that are looking to get sponsored at seven, <laughs> how's it work? Yeah, back then it was like Burton really did. They really, they really put a lot into that Burton Smalls team. You know, they they the bobbleheads, the little babies they out there. Those kids out, huh? yeah, for sure. And they, they did like uh, I remember going to a mammoth shoot when I was like seven or eight. You know, I was like riding with Ben Ferg and basically tryouts. Yeah, and, and Hans and Niels were there, and I remember they rode for Burton back then. Yeah, oh yeah, and then uh, like Harrison, oh, I forget his last the name. The Muddicks. Yep, yep, and then uh, and like Ben Watts, it was, it was super sick, dude. It was really really cool. And back then, I feel like they probably had a little more budge and could put money into the new like Smalls group, you know, and like kids that are coming coming in, and um, now. Now I yeah I'm really really stoked to be a part of that because back then I was just always like looking at Terry and like Dan I remember Danny and Kevin and those guys had that sick ass park shoot at like uh, that big B you remember that mm-hmm. shoot from that big B pretty up sick. in North Star from the B movie and I just remember always watching like those videos and being really really impressed and now. To have some shots in One World, I was really, really stoked. It was an insane year. Got to have some really, really sick sessions with Danny. I filmed a lot with Danny and Mark and Red. And, yeah, it was really, really fun and super stoked. And I didn't really get to film much with Ben and Mickle, but... They were just on a different crew, huh? Yeah, they were up in... They kind of just went up to Canada for, like, five months and just Smart move, though. Just stacked. Like, I'm stacked. country dog. I'm really stoked. Does it shine in the part? Like, can you tell? They kind of went up and did their own thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. They, But even, like, they did, the editor, Chip, did such a good job at, like, it's a kind of a movie that just makes you want to go snowboard, you know? And it's sick because there's, like, all this riding from Newfoundland with, like, Maria and Ethan and Niels. And then you have, like, right into the next segment and it's Ben and those boys like up into Alaska. Like I think the crew in Alaska this year was Mickle, Ben, Danny, Kimmy, I think, or, and it was really, really dope. Really so cool to based. watch. Yep. Yeah. Trip based. And, uh, yeah, it was really sick. The keep an eye out on the Alaska part for sure. They definitely, I mean, as a lot of you guys just saw Mark's cover from up there, mm. they got that jump session is some pretty insane clips with uh, with quite a bit of hype. Yeah, it looked sure. like a really cool jump yeah. for sure. I mean, I got the cover. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very dope. I got a Patreon question. Um, we'll if if this doesn't make sense after we'll take this out. But this kid's claiming Travis Kerr. He's talking about methods. To get on the, he's he's saying most of the people on Burton kind of have a very similar method. 
where they grab up by the nose. But you actually grab between your feet, and he says respect. But is that going to affect you later because you're not doing that traditional Burton method? That's a great oh. question. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good question. That is an awesome yeah. question. And, and then wow. he also wants to know. <laughs> air horn. He also wants to know, uh, do you have any strong opinions on a proper method and placement and what looks best? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, shout out James Jackson. He, a lot of you probably know him from up in Hood back in the day. And uh, he actually, he taught me, he, we spent, I remember spending like a whole day, like, learning how to do a proper method. And that's that's what he told, that's how he told me how it was. And I feel like it's pretty crazy because a lot of Burton Riders do do that method up above the binding, and they all make it look very good, and they're all my homies, and I all love their methods, but I personally think that the that that method above the binding is kind of a Euro method. It's called the Euro method, right? It's called the Euro method, like, Straight up, it's like Nico, Nico, and Terry run that. Like literally, like if you don't have a European passport, are you kind of not qualified? Would you say? <laughs> or I don't know. I, that, this is a really hard topic to talk about. Yeah, honestly, it's probably because it's probably sensitive. People get sensitive oh, yeah. about it. People get where's Ferg grab? I think I think Ferg does both. Honestly, does he? dude, yeah. he, that kid's got a method. I, I, I think they'll like back in the snowboard, like the cover that he got. Yes. I think doing the method, maybe at. You're saying he can do both, huh? I at Seven Springs, at, maybe? At, well, I think he got the Seven Springs one, and then I think he also got the one when we all were up at, uh, not, what's Hood Meadows. Oh, I think you're Remember right. Remember that I think hip he got session? Both, that yeah. was crazy. And I feel like. I think I recall one of them maybe being inside, but I have to check like, that out. I'd say that, inside if I'm if I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm saying inside. The inside. Line. I just yeah. know he goes huge. But and then he and can switch good. it because he's such a G that he can go and Both. ride and ride natty lines, and he can do the method uh, outside. Right, the we we got to back this up a little bit because you said you learned the this method from James Jackson. You got to walk us through this. Yeah, walk you, us through the. Technique. I want to learn. Well, I think James Jackson taught Ben Ferg how to do a method. Oh, wow, so he's the root. James, he's, the, he's the method whisperer. James yeah, Jackson's the Red Bull coach, just so you guys know, if you're not familiar. But, yeah, continue. Yeah, I, I he uh, he actually, like, was coaching Ben and Gabe when they were super young. They would always come down to Mammoth and uh, stay at the crib and go ride the June halfpipe and the Mammoth halfpipe. And I think that back then is when James probably taught Ben how to do the method. Because I remember... We were on the Burton Small shoot at Mammoth, and there's a shot in that Warren Miller movie of Ben doing a method on the last jump, and he's like 13, wearing this orange jacket with like a white helmet, goggles on, and wow. just like, it's pretty sick, because that, it, dude, like, if you think of Ben Ferg, you think of like, amazing method. Amazing, that's is, what I think, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is super sick, and I feel like uh, James taught him, obviously, pretty well, and then... According to him, he got respect on my method. Yeah, he and said so, respect, Travis, and, on yeah, Patreon. Yeah, so I, I, I feel like uh, I feel like James definitely yeah. has the correct way. Will you of, tell, tell us the key. What's the key? I don't know. I I think for me, the key is kind of like going up the lip off your heels, like uh, like kind of come in at a diagonal. And uh, for me, I'm kind of like a late poker. Like you got it. Like it, and it's super super <laughs> hard. To do a method on a big ass jump when it's really windy, 
Because you're always trying to do a method at the super part jump. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I, for me, it's really, really hard to do a good method on a big jump when it's really, really windy. The prime method jumps, like, 60 to 70 feet, no wind, and you can, like, really just, like, hold into it. I don't know. I think for me, too, is also just, like, being super patient. Like, being super patient and just let the melon, like, come into your hands and then work on that extension. But if you go too hard, you can really... I've, like, kind of, like, messed up my ribs and shit, like, doing that. You, you want to make sure you're loose. If you do it too early in the morning, you yeah, fuck you, up your back. Yeah, Is yeah, that happens. True? Yeah, it, it, it happened to me, too. If you're going to go learn a method, you need, make sure you're, like, definitely, like, probably 10 Loosened laps up. into the park, for sure. Like, you're... That's really good advice yeah. for the listeners and viewers right there. Dude, yeah. I, I have a clip of you from Dutour practice last year doing a method I filmed that is unreal that we will play while you're talking about this method. That's it's awesome. A, it's a heater. Um, I'll find it. But yeah. It's got a good method, huh? So you got the heel edge, and the, I'm gonna I'm not trying to kiss too much ass, but this is, the in my opinion, because I, I can't personally do this, the methods where people go up, they hold melon, they hold melon, they hold melon, boom, and then they kick yeah. it out. That is so much sicker than like the donkey kick behind the back of your head and then like like arched back as I mean, it, depending on the feature. Sure. But the held melon, it depends on the feature. You know, it, if a hip or a quarter pipe. Yeah, it does. I was just. It really talk yeah. It depends on a hip quarter pipe. Because if you're at it five years ago when you're trying to get in this hip session at Super Park, Bridges those is hips up, were scary. Bridges too. is up there just chirping your ear off if you fuck that lineup. Mm-hmm. Like. And everybody out there that has been to a launch or a super park, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, for the layman's, basically, when Bridges sets the line, you're not allowed to deviate on the way up, left or right, yeah. like come off early or go anywhere. If you you got to set the line, ride the line, yep. and that's basically you yeah, follow you it to, or else you, you might get to, shoulder tapped. You have to make your line, your last turn has to be like within – 50 feet before the lip because you want that line to be completely straight up the whole thing. And or else you're kicked out. Yeah, and if it, <laughs> if it gets jacked, you're you're out of the session. You're yelled at, sure. you're out of the session, and you'll hear Bridges about it for the next gi- 10 years. Bridges is giving you a tap, and then the next year after that, you probably are still going to be tapped out of the session yeah, because no, you fucked up from the year before. He'll remember. He'll be like, I remember you ruined the line last year at Seven Springs, so you're not going to hit the yeah. hip this year. Yeah. Yep. Truth. Met, and people like when we talk about methods. That's a fun. Yeah, it's a good it's topic. It's a fun topic, dude. Oh, yeah. That is a fun topic. Back to the hip, it's really, it's also pretty hard, mad, much more respect to Ferg for being able to just do one of the best methods on jump. Huge. In the pipe and on a hip because it definitely changes. Like for me, my method is a, definitely a lot different than on a jump in the half pipe. You know, it's like way harder. But I love riding half pipe. And you love, think it's like, harder on hips riding, and pipes? Love riding tranny and things like that. But yeah, I think it's way easier to do it off of a, a, a jump and kind of use that heel edge going up. Disagree. Because, like, yeah, I was going to say some people probably would when disagree you're but with that. when you're on a hip, you have to go correct way. You're supposed to go straight up it off of zero edge. So it's kind of hard uh, to like, kind of hard to like give it that late, like that. Nice the weight on the heel kick, edge, you know. That makes sense. I'd say, uh, and personally, half pipe's the easiest one for me. Yeah, for sure. I feel I feel like you could. I mean, I definitely have done some good ones in the pipe. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, but not not like 
Not no, like of course. ones that I feel like I've done uh, compared to a jump, you know? I yeah. Feel like, and, and that's where it's sick because every single snowboarder is different and everybody has different feelings on their snowboard. Truth. I got one more Patreon question. Should I shoot it off? Yeah, go ahead. It's from our boy, Big Air Jer. He's a, uh, oh, Jared Elson Give him an air horn. is a Patreon member, which is pretty exciting. He's got a good uh, method as well. He does. Yep. He says... I'd like to ask Brock about his first snowmobile ramp. Oh, my God. <laughs> Filming for Beta up in Whistler. Uh, my dad is a general contractor, runs a construction company, can fix absolutely anything. And I was running, the year we when I was staying at your house, I was running that black Tacoma. Mm-hmm. And I, so I didn't, I didn't have a sled deck or anything. And my, I, I ride a Polaris, and so my, my front skis are like an, uh, half an inch or something wider uh, than a, uh, than a ski do. And I, and Blatt was telling me, he's like, dude, I know Blake Paul runs the, I know he runs, I think he runs the ski do in just the back of his Tacoma. It'll be completely fine. And so I got the Polaris, realized that my, my snowmobile didn't fit in the back of my truck. And so my dad made me this sick-ass little, like, deck that was in the back of my Tacoma where it was all flush so then my, my skis could kind of go up on the wheel wells, you know, because my skis couldn't go around the wheel well. And then we were up in Whistler, first trip, and I had actually a ramp kind of like you do that looks like you, like, load your... An aluminum snowmobile yeah, ramp. like an aluminum snowmobile ramp, but it was, like, shitty aluminum. I think my dad made the ramp from, like, Lowe's. It was really, really dope. I was like, dude, this thing is... Made thing sick, but not the best material. Yeah, I was like, dude, this thing should work, maybe. I don't really know, though. And and I remember when I, we got to the trailhead or whatever, I just, like, backed it up off of my truck. It, like, went out, had a dope day. Came back. I was with Jared, Nick, and Gabe, and Tyler Orton, and... We took out my rant. They loaded up their sleds, like, all quick. And I was like, oh, like, this is kind of, like, my first time doing all this shit my own. Like, It's intimidating. I, yeah, it is definitely an intimid. Like, it's pretty intimidating putting the snowmobile onto someone's truck. Like, it's definitely really scary. And you can definitely fuck someone's truck up, just like Luke Winkleman did last year when we were filming for the Burton One World, launched a snowmobile on my truck. What? He launched it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Air onto Bud, Golden Retriever, onto on, the roof. Onto the sled, uh, up, over the sled deck, and then onto the cab. right into the cab. In the break the windows? Nope, didn't oh. break the window. Luckily, I only have, like, the one, like, kind of, like, plastic window. That's nice. Like, yeah, and so you just into the top. But, yeah, and uh, we tried to load my snowmobile up onto my ramp out of the aluminum ramp that my dad made me, and it had, like, graders in it, kind of, so the ski got caught, like... My the plastic ski sometimes can like you've probably seen. Well, there's it, like, metal on the bottom. Yeah, too. but then the plastic like kind of like can like get cheese caught on my yeah it can get cheese grated or now on my sled deck it gets like kind of like it can just sometimes get caught mm-hmm. and pull out like plastic off the ski, and I remember mine just like jammed up, and the the my ramp was on the wood and I had my dad was like here you put it around your back of your truck and just loop it like through the through the ramp so it stays up against it and it caught and so the the ramp like pulled it up and then pulled up the like sled deck thing that my dad made me and I like almost got like kind of hit in the face kind of I heard that somebody's had Kale that Stevens. yeah Kale yeah. Stevens dude yeah like, 
Ty- his nose T- off. Tyler Orton was telling us about it that day. And so you almost got kaled. Yeah, kind of. And then Jared and Tyler were, like, right there. And then Jared's like, what in the hell? And we, like, realized that it was not working. And then we, we like, stole this other homie's uh, pretty nice sled ramp and loaded that thing right up. But you stole somebody's ramp? Well, I didn't steal it. Borrowed. I, bar- borrowed. I borrowed. There you yeah, go. Good like, karma. Yeah. Good I put it back in the back of his truck. There you but go. He would have let I, you I use it. I feel like, homie, like, you're in a sled parking lot. Like, everybody's out there. They're all. He would have let you use it. They're all riding their ponies, having a good time. So I feel like <laughs> oh, yeah. that's pretty chill, like, letting, like, homies use your ramp and shit. For like, sure, like, especially if you, if you to, can't you know? get your shit in the car. Yeah, especially if it's, like, frozen lock or something. If somebody ever wants to use my sled deck and you see my truck in the parking lot, go ahead. That's like, good. That's good for people to know. Like, yeah, you never know what kind of ramp, what you, you know? get into out there. there yeah. There's a good bond between the petroleum pony goers out there. You know, are yeah. you still a uh, RMK dude or Polaris guy? Yeah, I'm still riding the same sled. Actually, sick. I got like fifteen hundred hours on that thing or something now. I, I'm trying fifteen hundred miles. Yeah, that'd be you a lot. Of, that'd be a lot of hours. And, uh, I, I think you left your truck and your sled at my house. I was almost going to try to use your sled, but I figured yeah, it would be, did. be dope. Left it there for, for like a few. M- three, for, three weeks yeah, or something. three or four weeks. <laughs> With the keys. I didn't use it. Why not? I just didn't felt, I would have asked, you know yeah, what I mean? We're team do over here in this part of the country. He yeah. let me borrow borrow his over there, and it was pretty dope. Yeah, that thing, that thing I, I've always been sure. a Polaris guy, though, but. I, Polaris? Dude, the Polaris, Pol- dude. The Polarises have way isn't it ski doo better steering. like doo doo uh, no you it's say Polaris but no, it's got it's doo in the name dude you know what I mean <laughs> so it's hard to go that way I don't know I'm just saying I don't know uh, hey uh, fuck it whatever's free is what team I <laughs> True. am I'm, I'm team I'll be team Yamaha team. if I can get my hands on one of those for free yeah for sure so at the end of the day yeah. contest videos what are you liking better um. I, I honestly find so so much joy in both of them. I love I love having the adrenaline rush that you have and being at the top of the run about to try and put down one of the craziest runs that you've ever put down on rails and jumps combined and now side hits and I think hopefully there might be some new features getting involved soon. So I think it's really cool and I'm really, really hyped to be doing slope style. I'm, have a lot of fun riding in that, and then yeah, riding in in the backcountry and filming like that's that's probably one of the most insane feelings as well. It's like you go out for fourteen days in Jackson or wherever you are in the world in Canada or wherever anywhere you're and you're there and you're trying to stack video like you're trying to get this sixty second. Not even 60 seconds. Those clips I just played were like... Probably eight seconds. Probably eight seconds, nine seconds, because there's 4K cameras everywhere now. But I feel like you, you're. it's such a different mind mindset when you're out doing the competition because you have this, like, nervous feeling and you want to do good, you know, and it's really fun and you're trying all these crazy tricks over jumps and then you go and you're like, all right, we need to go hit the store. We need to go fill the sleds, and then let's go make some food. And we're we're starting a four day stretch tomorrow because it just snowed for three days, and there's a bunch of snow to be had and jumps to be built. And we got four day window of sun coming in. It's game on. Like you, you're waking up at 
4.15 a.m. and you're getting out the door by 5.15, 5.30. You're at the trailhead by 6.30. It's negative 28 in Jackson and you're unloading your snowmobile and you're going out to all these zones and there's rivers right beside you that it just makes the wind chill probably negative 40. <laughs> and it's just like such a different headspace and it's so fun. And I feel like that's where for me, it's like, I love work. I love, honestly, at the end of the day, I just love snowboarding and being on my board that I just have that addictive feeling and whatever I'm doing with snow is just so fun. Like, and it's super sick that I have that opportunity to be able to go and ride my snowmobile and get those cool opportunities and then go to a contest and drive up to the contest with four snowmobiles on two on a trailer and two on your sled deck. And then you're there for a week and then you leave there and you're driving somewhere else. Like it's so sick and I'm super thankful to be able to do that. The other contest kids probably trip, huh? Red's got them loaded up, too. Yeah, Red, too. I mean, yeah. your crew. Yeah, I mean, But they, yeah, some of the guys and, don't, right? Me and Red, yeah, like, me, Red, and Danny were driving from Jackson down to the U.S. Open last year, and we, like, rolled up to the parking lot, and I there was two sleds on Red's truck. I had two snowmobiles on a trailer, and I had two snowmobiles on my sled deck, and we, like, rolled up to the U.S. Open, and, like, they were like, what are you guys doing? And that's when it was kind of like, oh, Burns making a movie. It's sick. Cause, like, Sets in with people. Yeah, it's cool, because then I feel like it, like, I feel like all the contest riders kind of, like, are mysterious of what we're doing, you know? And then it's sick. It's really, it feels really good when you pull up to a contest and do really well. And then you're just like, yeah, that was dope. Let's go film some power. Probably keeps it refreshing, though, <laughs> as opposed to the guys that are kind of, like, aggressively training, not yeah. having fun. And you guys are out there chucking roast, and it kind of brings the yeah. fun back to it. Yeah, if the contest doesn't go good, fuck Hit the backcountry. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll have a better day. And it's so sick. You can be so creative with the backcountry. And, like, that's why I love resort riding. I want to – I really – my ultimate goal would be to do, like, a sick event up at some dope, res- super steep resort and have just, like, sick-ass side hits mm-hmm. and different lines that you could go all around the resort. That'd because, be cool. like, you have, you have, like, so many opportunities to express your snowboarding in the backcountry, I feel like. You can just – and you're just sledding. You're just having fun on this sick-ass machine. Hard to get off those things sometimes. Yeah. Some days Dad. when you're just not landing shit, you can just go and snow. Chris, you'll catch Chris doing that for sure. Yeah. Hat, hat. Let's go 12 o'clock, boys. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Chris. Exactly. He'll go up without his board sometimes if he's in Oh, yeah. Snowmobiling's like my little... Like, yeah, it's like his get, getaway. Like, <laughs> retreat, my little, ther- little throttle yeah, therapy out there. For sure. Throttle. Mm-hmm therapy where the tomahawking isn't as bad like you know you build a jump you tommy you know yeah and that's where and that's where it's also crazy because you'll be out in the backcountry just having a sick day or whatever and you're pinning it going up kind of you definitely know what's going on you know that you're i mean you get to his own and you you dissect everything that is around you firsthand you know you Get out there and make sure that you're in a safe zone where you can put the camera guy and where you do this from the Abbey. You think of that now, huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's where I'm so thankful for, dude, Pat Moore. And I think Sage helped him kind of start that whole thing Yeah, I was going to say, have you done training now that you got hurt? Oh, yeah, after my accident, that's all. there's kind of two ways you could go about it. You're either like, all right, this is going to haunt me and I'm going to be scared as shit from this my whole life. Or you're like, I'm going to go get as much training as you possibly can and I'm gonna go look this fear right in the, right in the eye and go conquer it. And that's you know? what you did, and that's why it was kind of sick. I like kind of took a year off of like competing after my accident and just like really, 
that was like kind of right at like that was the year after I like got sober at the end of August of that year, and I I just like went and I remember I went up to Baldface again, right? Like one of the first trips I did, I went up to Baldface for that Abbey course, and I was like, all right, like if I make it through Baldface without drinking, like this is gonna be a huge accomplishment, and if I don't get judged, that's gonna be even better. Like, so you were worried and, they were gonna like dude, oh, judge yeah. you? That's for a hard drinking. place to be sober. Oh, yeah. I can vouch for that. I don't yeah. know what oh, everyone's yeah. trying to throw you beers. Oh yeah, even and if then, you tell them you don't want to drink, yeah. they're still throwing. But, and then if there beers. was one trip that you wanted to go up to Baldface and not not be drinking, it is that trip because and that you, was Pat Moore's Avalanche yeah, Safety Class. Yeah, yeah, I think Pat and Sage kind of like started that thing like a while ago. I could be wrong, but yeah, thank we'll you. we'll get a link to it in the show notes in the description of the yeah, YouTube. Yeah, for video. sure. And I think yeah, I think he might be doing one in Utah this year. I think I heard I that. Yeah, but, whatever um, he's doing, we'll link it. Yeah, and and that and like that was awesome going to that trip because like there's absolute there's hardly any drinking going on because you wake up. At 6.30 a.m., you get get food, you go into this classroom for two and a half hours, then you go outside and you're just doing the most insane Abby. Like, huge shout-out to Baldface and all of their staff up there. Like, they absolutely kill it with going up there to have an amazing trip with your family and with doing that course. And, like, yeah, that's just a huge thing in my eyes is, like, getting the touch-up, getting all of the right equipment and stuff like that it's like yeah it's very expensive but like at the end of the day life or death could be like that so it's like for real you you can spend you can spend a g to be to if shit goes south you're gonna be fine you're gonna wish you spent that g yeah you do anything in in hindsight if it does go And, and, and it's really and it's really like it's really simple to have a really easy starter kit and that's what's really cool that like pat and all of bald face and those guys do up there is like you you go up there and they have all these sheets of like you should get this 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 and this you should you need to get extra hand warmers for if somebody gets hurt and then they're going buys. and then they're going into frostbite or whatever and you get these hand warmers you patch them up you know and like there's all these little cool things that are so easy to just buy at the Seven Elevens and at like I just went to REI after that trip and I was like. Take my money. Give me, I need everything. <laughs> like You convince your friends to go take classes too? or Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, you know, and it's really cool. <laughs> Actually, when we filmed Joy, uh, Blatt and, Blat and Runky ran that movie as well, and they made sure that everybody, all filmers and writers for that movie, if you had any shots in that, you needed to go to an Avi One course, which is pretty sick. I feel like mm-hmm. every single project should do that out mm-hmm. there. Because that's really, really cool. Like, you think, in, in hindsight, going back to your Alaska trip, if you had the training, it was would have been avoidable? Oh, yeah, up in Whistler. Accident? Or, or in not Whistler? Alaska, sorry, in Whistler. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, obviously I probably would have been like, now if I would have gotten to that zone and been under that face, I would have been like, all right, let's stay really far away from that cornice. It's the end of April. Mm-hmm. Shit is heating up all like crazy. Up. It's all weighted up. That thing is just waiting to school go. School bus you know? ready to fall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a school bus ready to fall with a big-ass rock. And that's what's so sick is I actually kind of told my story up in Whistler and, like, it was really – or up, sorry, up in Baldface for that Pat Moore course. And, like, we all, like, debriefed it and went through it. And I got a, so much insight from all of their guides and stuff like that. And it's really cool. And, 
I mean, we pretty much got into this topic by how when you go out in the backcountry, you're snowmobiling, you show up to a trailhead, and you see people there that have absolutely no idea what no they're about to get there. there. Yeah, they have no idea what they could possibly get themselves into. They're rolling in on a 2010 snowmobile, and it's the older couple, and they're they're just going out to cruise, you know? And really, they're probably at some point going to get off of... You see it all the time, actually, when you're even going out to zones. You're like, holy shit, there was a huge avalanche mm-hmm. right here last night. Like, that's... Or yesterday at some point, you know? And it also happens you'd be out filming all day in this one zone, and then you're on the way back home, and it's 3 p.m., and you're like oh, shit, we have to change our route completely because there's just an avalanche. Like, dude, you just never know. Like, snow moves all the time, and it does whatever it wants to do, you It's know? in charge. <laughs> so bottom line, go out there and get get the knowledge. What happened to your airbag? Did you ever figure that out, why it didn't deploy? Uh, No, we did not. Red never. Bull Red Bull sent it in, I think, to – Red Bull didn't send it in to him. I still have it, but we, like, took photos and things like that, and – Red Bull hit up the company, and they that just sucks, dude. They just kind of said that. I mean, you still probably would have got, but it might have protected your back and stuff, yeah, right? True. There's, there's some. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. I had like a probe and a shovel in my backpack, and a couple other things, and they think that that uh, they helped you a that helped a little bit for sure from maybe folding me more or whatever. You know, I don't know there because my probe was in there, and it like. You know how a probe looks when it's broken down? There's, mm-hmm. like, like eight different, like, slots. Mm-hmm. And it, like, was, like, fully bent. And it's like, a lot of yeah. flex towards and a like, lot of And it, like, stabbed through my backpack to and, like, kind of scratched my, like, t- like T-bone area. And, like, they think that that may have, like, possibly helped a little bit from the backpack. Because, obviously, there was a lot of velocity in there if you can break a probe. Like if you're in you a – if you're on a – was how big was the cornice? Was it the size of, like, a bus that you were on? Probably. I, it was probably, like – 20 to 30 feet, like, overhanging. Yeah, one of those by, big, like, ugly, gnarly Yeah, just scary one of those. Ones. I have some crazy photos that I'll send you guys. But And you remember when it, like, the rug just went out from underneath you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. that must have been the oh. worst. Yeah. Your board was totally RIP, too, right? You focused oh, board, your board? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. My board broke right here. Ugh. Like it snapped, like it snapped that, yeah, it snapped, torsionally. It snapped like the oppo way, straight of, up the middle. Yeah, straight up the middle. That's fucked up. I never seen that. I've broke, never seen it that broke either. like right here as well, and then uh, actually you can kind of see it right here, like where my bindings go. It pushed through my boards. Crazy, like through my board to the bottom That's of the some fucking base. Howard, dude, That's you were just up. bouncing off rocks. Mm, yeah, rock uh, scratches and shit all on the bottom edge is like broken. <laughs> Things toast, dude. That's scary stuff. Do you still have any PTSD from it when you're out there, or you feel like no. you conquered it? No, yeah. I mean, the mental training and then the getting back the, on the at horse. At the end of the day, shit happens in this sport, and injuries will happen at any given second, and you got to just do a good job on. Staying up on getting the PT and staying in the gym and being strong and trying to stay healthy, you know? Yeah. Because I know even Bodie said he'd have dreams where he woke up suffocating after his avalanche. Yeah, I actually had had one uh, not too long ago. I remembered. I was like, whoa, fuck. I just woke up like. You wake up in a cold sweat. Yeah. And you feel like you're suffocating. Yeah, for sure. But I mean. Scary. Yeah, at the end of the day, that was a huge, traumatic, life-changing event that has happened to me, you know? And I feel like how I was just saying, you can go, you could either go either way. 
Either. Yeah, that could break somebody, but it made you stronger. Yeah, it either is going to break somebody down and you're really scared of the backcountry. And that's why it was really cool having all the support from all my sponsors, like, right after the accident. It was just, like, that Burton and I just remember we were in L.A. one night and uh, I talked to, like, Taylor, Timmy, and George Carpenter, and they were telling me, they're like, just saying, you know, like, as Burton family, like, we back you 150%, and you can do whatever you want with your snowboarding. You just had one of the craziest things. Like, like people walk away from the sport, you know, if yeah. something like that could possibly, like, it happens, you know. And I feel like having this support from these guys and just, like, letting me do whatever I wanted after my accident was just so sick, like, so thankful for everybody in my corner for letting me go out and just be like, yeah, I want to go film. And it was sick, dude. I literally spent every single, I think I got like 12 days on hard pack snow the year of my accident or so, like, it was like very, very low, which is super, super dope. I was super hyped on that. And then you guys got movie of the year after. So yeah, exactly. Out. It was really sick. I was a, really stoked. A couple more things I'm fascinated by because didn't really partake in the contest scene as much growing up like at the top of your run before you're going to drop in do you have any rituals or things you do to like get in the zone like some people do not really i mean yeah a little bit i i, I really like i have to have music in my headphones when i'm riding except when you're in the backcountry obviously you're completely open-minded of whenever your homies are going and you do not bring headphones in the backcountry like but when I'm on, when I'm in the contest, I'm I need headphones. Like on a contest day, I have like four to five pairs of headphones in my backpack, just in just case, in case one breaks, like one shits the bed. It's all good. I'll get back up there and put a new pair. What in. are we bopping? Like, a lot of people want to know what's the. Yeah, I I kind of am a big. I'm a pretty big fan of the new era rap for sure. I I really me Judd Luke Red is kind of honestly on like his own shit. He doesn't. He's like. Seriously, this shit again? Like, he's not really too into it, but, like, me, Luke, and uh, Judd are always, like, sitting there. Just, like, Luke's kinda, got the playlist. Isn't Luke, Dude, like, kind of, he cues up some tunes? Yeah, shout out Luke Winkleman on the spot SoundCloud playlist. Is it public on there? Yeah, All right, look we'll up to... Luke Winkleman. We might and link that some, up. Yeah, well, you get, you... We have a last-minute guest question from Luke presented by Solomon Snowboards. Solomon supports this podcast. You should support them if you're looking for a board. Get yourself a Solomon Huck knife. Judd Henkies rides that thing, and he beats down the park. Here we go, Luke Winkleman. He's actually coming at you from an airport, I believe. What up, Bomb Hall? Huge fan, Luke Winkleman here, checking in from the airplane bathroom. Um, Brouch, uh, could you tell us about that time that you maxed out your credit card in Innsbruck? <laughs> Heard you guys had a night. Who was there? What was happening? Um, yeah, would love to hear. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> wow. That is a that's a question to be answered for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a question you don't want to answer. Yeah. Like you kind of threw you under the bus with that. <laughs> yeah. So I mean Which birthday was this? That's kind first of, a, of all. That wasn't that wasn't really or around wasn't birthday. my birthday. Did, I, maybe I think, he didn't even say that. I, I, I think that was uh Maybe you were just partying like every day was your birthday back then. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> this is pretty sober, obviously. Sure. Yeah. So this is uh, three or four years ago, and uh, this is obviously very pre-sober. We went and uh, 
me, Red, Luke. Or I don't know if Luke was even there, honestly. Or yeah, Luke was there. And Chandler Hunt and Kyle Mack, Nick Baden, Brandon Davis. This sounds like the All Star lineup at Super Park or the yeah. launch. Yeah, we all we all. That was when all of us were kind of on the U.S. team doing our own thing, and that was when all of those boys were competing still and around. And we were we went out in Innsbruck and had a fair share of beverages that night, and definitely ended up a place I did not really want to end up. There's uh, but other than that, I don't really want to get too into that story. <laughs> so you max out your credit card partying. I max we'll out, out my credit it card. It happens to the best of us, man. I I, I did, and uh, yeah, I'm not really too hyped on that situation. But I've came a long way in that. It's rad not, to see how far you've come. That, will, that, that will not be happening. It's anymore. good to look back on that when it's in your rear view and it's not it's not something that happens on the regs yeah. anymore. Yeah. You, you can talk about maxing out the credit card in Europe at yeah, the bar. Especially I just can't imagine you kids were all so tight living this crazy life, just thrown in these situations where they're serving you in Europe and Yeah. I it's mean, insane. It's that night crazy. was actually at that insane. age. I maxed out my credit card, went back to the hotel at like 5 a.m. And we were we were staying up in this little town up by Stubai Glacier. And the taxi driver drops me off. He's like, yeah, that'll be $58. And I was like, I don't have any more money. You were maxed. And and I was like, you can take me me up to the ATM. I'll try it, you know, and I'll I'll see what's up. And then uh, Nick Baden, I called Nick Baden at like 5 in the morning. He came running down in his boxers. and He, he hooked paid. you up? Yeah, he hooked me up. Give an air horn yeah. for that. What, a OG. what are yeah. friends for, dude? What yeah. would this guy have done to you, you think? Yeah, who knows? Put I, you I in the know. trunk and drove you I, who knows where? At that point, I was so cross-eyed, I don't even know what was up or down. Dude, props to Baden on that one, huh? Yeah, what a yeah. G. Yeah, for sure. I like that you got in a taxi with no money. <laughs> took pulled a long that, drive Pulled up. that move before. Yeah. yeah. You you just just got got too. Let's get We're all good. We're all good, dog. Pretending like you don't know that your card's going to get declined. Yeah. But, uh, one more thing I want to talk about, too. Like, uh, we get asked a lot of questions. I, I can speak for myself and say that I get asked a lot of questions. And, like, since we started the show, how do I get sponsored? Right? Like, how do I get sponsored is a, is a common DM I get. And it's a lot of times people forget that you got to be really good to get sponsored. It's like it's not necessarily about the who you know, I mean, it is to a degree, but, like, they forget the fundamental thing behind all of it is being really good. And I think that it's really cool from your guys' perspective because being a contest dude, you guys just get really fucking good. And if you get really good, you're always going to be able to go film. You're always going to be able to go build jumps. You're always going to have the fundamental skill set. Whereas, like, sometimes when you start filming – you stop riding as much. You're just like building jumps and you're going on street trips and you're only strapping in four days a week. And so it's kind of, I, I personally think that it's important to get really good. It's good to do contests when you're younger and then you can transition and do anything. Do you have anything you want to add to that or? Yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like for me, uh, growing, growing up, I just, I just kind of wanted to snowboard as much as I possibly could, you know? And I feel like uh, that's that's what everybody wants to do. At the end of the day, if you love this sport and you want to do this sport and you want to try and go out and get sponsors, you're you got to work for it. Like it is, and that's where it's like 
like when you hear these people saying some things that people say, you know, in the industry about if you just hear like some shit talking, you could say behind your back or whatever, you know, and, and, and it's not like towards me or it's just like when you hear it about other people and other athletes, you're like, well, take it easy. Like he's working his ass off and like you don't like you don't even really know because you are, you are on a completely different brand than this person and you like you're you have no idea. You don't even film with that person, you know, and like I feel like at a young age you need to prove to the companies that you necessarily kind of like have what it takes and like Companies don't want a person that is just, like, kind of slacking, like, doing it half ass. you know? Like, companies want somebody that is very, very stoked on the, like, about snowboarding, somebody that is very positive, that is super hyped to just be a snowboarder and just be homies with everybody, I feel like, is, like, what companies want. They don't want these people that are talking shit and, like, going out to all these events and going to all these after parties and just, like, doing all this shit and, like... Shit talking, pretty much, you know, I feel like that's that's where it is, and uh, you definitely have to put your head down at some point in your career, and like, I was listening to uh, Zach, and Zach Hale's Bombcast, he was kind of talking about, like, it's to the point where it's like, who gives a shit what you're doing on social media, who cares how you're, like, acting, or whatever, you know, like, it's just, we're all in this trying to make money in doing what we love to do, you know? And I feel like Zach Zach had a really good point of view on it. I really, Zach, hell, shout out. Great yeah, bomb hole. Give an air hole. Super good homie, too. Knowing Zach for a very long time, and he's a great boarder. But S- Straight up. <clears throat> and, and Burton doesn't keep people around either, man. That's a hard team to be on. Yeah, for if sure. If you're not coming through, it's like, I mean, they obviously have their family element, but you got to be a good rider to be on the team. For sure. I guess people do forget that, huh? like you're saying. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't rip. Dude, it's hard. it's hard. It's crazy. There's it, it, we're in this pandemic. You, it's a scary time, huh? Yeah, like it's crazy to think what is about to go down with snowboarding. It's crazy to think what's about to go down with the election. It's crazy. Like but you can't get fed up in that. You have to that's where I go back and Love living for the moment, and I have a tattoo on my arm that says "Live for today" because yesterday is over and tomorrow may never come. Because that's just kind of the bottom facts of it. And yeah, you gotta just want to go get it, you know. And I feel like that's what uh, companies are kind of looking for, and that goes for like everybody, like even like the kid that is out there working the hardest in the streets is gonna get the most shots and the most photos in the mags and the like best way for him to get paid. And if that's the way they want to go, that's the way they want to go. The homies that are working hard in the competition scene, or that's the way they want to go. And then you have where you can try to match it up. And that's where I'm kind of as like, I want to really go out and film in the backcountry because I love snowboarding so much and love being able to go and explore and do really fun stuff. But I feel like, they're through the launch and through all of these events coming up from a young age, from starting at USASA Nationals at six years old, going through to Rev Tours to Grand Prix to the Dew Tour X Games, 
U.S. Open and then hopefully the Olympics, you know, you're working for it. Everything you, ha- everything you do in snowboarding, you have to be wanting to do it in your own way, you know, and, and I have respect for everybody that's doing this sport in their own way, you know. That's dope. Damn, he's dropping, yeah. dropping knowledge. I like I, that. I love it. Uh, circling back to when we talked to Sage, I asked him what one of the worst trends in snowboarding was. He said, not working hard. He and, did. And it's true. It, I, I just love that underlying tone of like the dude that's doing the best in the streets the dude that's doing the best in the backcountry they're working hard and and um you, you get out what you put in in the words of sajay sajay and, did say that and uh no, i think your dad says that too huh or maybe you say that yeah no i i just am a firm believer in and also knowing that like because some people think that it's about talent some people are like that guy's different than me because he's talented and i'm not but you realize it's not about talent. It's about work ethic. And, like, the shit that goes on behind yeah. the scenes for you guys, like, it's it's not like you guys just show up and chuck cab 12, you know, front 16 and whatever the fucking rotation is. Like, you got to be, like, on. Like, I see, I go to the gym in the morning at a dude tour. There's, like, everybody's in there. Like, the, everybody's <laughs> on it, dude. It's not. Yeah, I mean, but that's, like, it all goes back to how good you want to be at snowboarding. Like you have to, you have to take care of your body at the end of the day. And that's like where it comes back to like alcohol and things like that. Like we're in a very social sport. I feel like you're always at these events or you're always at these movie premieres where all the homies are and like you have drinks and like, but then you could, the way I kind of saw it is that I, I can't really drink too much. Or I can't drink at all, <laughs> and I feel like I want the best for me to be at this sport is to not have that in my life, you know. And I feel like no matter how you look at it, like you need to be in the gym and you need to be treating your body and putting the right nutrients and putting the right things in your body to be able to be the best human that you could possibly be, you know. And I feel like. That's like say like Sage is on like mad good diet. Yeah. Like workout sure. diet. And like he's a machine. And it shows. Like he 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 works hard and and uh it's really, really cool to see that he is working that hard and taking care of his body and like kinda showing like he's not doing no contest or anything. He's just strictly filming in the backcountry, but you always see on his social shit that he's always like eating well and like mm-hmm always in the gym and mountain biking and, like, doing other really dope stuff, you know? And it's really cool because you can, you really can do do it all, you know? And you're somebody that's been on both sides of it. You've been somebody that's gotten banged up a lot, getting drinking and partying and all that stuff, and you've managed to have a career doing that. And you've also been on the other side of not drinking and kind of, like, carpe diem seizing the day. And it seems like, from my perspective, that you are much happier on the other end of things and I think it's cool. It's not like some guy that was never had a drink in their life. Like, I like that you've been rough around the yeah. edges. I like that you did have your stint of getting super fucked up. Because then you're like, I, I trust this guy. But Character. Some, yeah. sometimes people that have, like, right out of the womb, they never touch the drink or something. You're like, <laughs> all right, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No cap, you can't trust those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I yeah, it's pretty crazy some of the looks you get when you're like, they're like, hey, do you, 
you want a you want a drink or anything? I'm like, no, I'm all good. You got any like non-alcoholic beers? I'm, me and Danny were actually just talking about that the other day. I feel like non-alcoholic beers are about to come popping up. Chris pops those off on trips after a good day. <laughs> oh yeah, I used to just slam those things though and just get like beer. just so super, super bloated, bloated yeah. and uncomfortable, just like as full as you like, can just possibly get, <laughs> like not even like just not fucked up and like uncomfortable. Yeah, just, like, like oh my drink God, like what did eight, I do? eleven of those in a row. <laughs> Yeah, thank God for the the seltzer waters. Seltzer yeah, waters those things are the you Bob, dude. Bubbly water, stay hydrated when you're out at the bars. It's so dope. Mm-hmm. It's great. Love them. Hit the sprite. Hit the coke. Just the quick sugar rush, and then you're all good. Yeah, <laughs> you can be out with the boys all night. All can you? Night, so no can problem. you do fucking airs and shit on your surfboard? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. You can. Holy You can shit. do airs. Yeah, I'll, I could send you guys some clips. Uh, we would love send some, us some clips, clips, dude. Yeah. For sure. I, I heard you were a good surfer, but that's like a whole other level there. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm going to Hawaii in four days. Four with, days. With Mark. For a film trip? Uh, yeah. Or just Yeah, fun? I think uh, Russell 69's coming out, and we're going to go stack some clips. Hey, Should qu- be pretty sick. That sounds incredible. I had a question for you about surfing. How come when they're, it's a quarter pipe, and they do... A 540 or a McTwister Isn't this or a Crippler? Great mystery question. It's a 360. Why is oh. it a 360? What's your thoughts on that? Because that, that doesn't make any sense to me. That Yeah, that's a that's a very big topic. It surfing. is a big topic. <laughs> that is a huge topic in surfing. <laughs> it, well, like, what's your take? I need a take on this. Because mine is a fucking 540. I'm a firm stance on that. Me too. I, 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 I come from a frontside 540... It's the same. thought. I, I, it's really weird to me because on a vert ramp skateboarding, you do a frontside 360, right? You do like in the half pipe. If you do like a frontside 180, it's a frontside 360, right? On a skateboard. And then you do a frontside like 540 in the half pipe. It's the exact same. You do a backside 540, it's like a back three. Same exact thing. So why is surfing different? I have absolutely no idea. Other than the fact that they might be cheating themselves a little bit because you can't get like that six or that five ten board flipped all the way around completely, but yeah, I don't know. I, I that's a really re- weird question for a lot of people to to answer, and a lot of people have their their point of views at it, just like a lot of people have their point of views at competitions and I, video I'm, parts. I'm gonna make another two part. I'm gonna make this into a two part. Two part question. So I, I've been watching a few surf videos, and these guys they go do their grabs. And, like, obviously, it's ridiculously fucking hard to grab a surfboard. But, like, most of them are, It's like, really not, though. They're, they're like, kind of, like, whack, like, mute grabs. Exactly. Is there anybody, like, doing methods and shit Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can uh, do methods? Yeah. Cur- Dude, Curran Caples has a pretty mean, like, melon method thing. I'll send you guys a clip of me trying, like, I did a couple at Waco down in Texas. And, I yeah, I was, it, it kind of, yeah, it kind of feels the same for sure. Like I was doing it, uh, backside, like going down on my heels and I, I'll send you guys a clip. That wave's got, always like, the same too, right? Yeah. It's so sick. So you, it's you a good one to figure just, out. It's yeah. You go there, pay some munge and just get some insane waves. How it's many so biscuits sick. we talking for like an hour of surfing? You know? Yeah. At that place. Uh, you could go there and do an hour of surfing for, I think, $90. Oh, and it's like, go. but there's like waves that come. There's three waves. Like when you pay for that, you can either do like, uh, like beginner, intermediate, and expert. And the expert wave is like a three wave set. And it comes from the right for 30 minutes. And you get like 
it comes every like two minutes or no, it comes like every minute or something wow. of like three waves coming Holy through, shit. and then there's like a minute break so it's or like rapid I think fire. like a fifty second break or something. Yeah, and then after that thirty minutes, you go left. It's pretty sick. But then if you go there on like a film trip, it's like. Usually between like four G's, you're splitting it between all, all the homies. Like four to get the park for yourself. Four basically. to four to probably four to seven G's, if I had to guess, with like all your homies splitting it up. But how you usually do it is you like go down there, rent rent it out for like two hours at night, and then two hours in the morning because in the summer when we're down there, it's too damn hot in Texas to be able to be even be out in the even heat. to be like, in the water. Yeah, like all the homies are always getting heat stroke and shit. It's pretty gnarly. Really, is that place pretty crowded? Uh yeah, it's pretty crowded Salt for Lake sure. Needs one of those, dude. Man. Salt Lake needs this one place of those. would become the ultimate that that zone. Yeah, I I could look into that. That would be sick. Open it up, dog. I want to see a fat stiffy mute. Actually, I just thought Rigid about that. Mute stiffy. Like, imagine just a knees locked stiffy mute on a surfboard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's back to where you were like, why is it so? Why is it hard to grab or whatever? It's, for me, obviously, like, and for other people, yes, it's obviously pretty damn hard to do grabs and make them look good on surfboards but the board's so damn big you can you can grab it any way you want you yeah. know but to switch it up it is really hard it's hard to do like the stale fishes and the other things i like i've done like it's pretty crazy you you feel so comfortable on a snowboard and then you go and surf and you're trying like air reverses with stale fish and shit and it's like kind of hard Dude, I can't even difficult. go. I can barely go diagonal down the goddamn wave. <laughs> Dude, we got, well, you guys gotta come surf. <laughs> I'm still figuring out if, if I need to go left or right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, it's pretty sick. A, a lot of lot of snowboard homies are getting super psyched on surfing. Oh, it's, it's fun! It's so fun. See. Yeah, I mean, I was just, when I was awesome. just in Denver, Ferg and I were talking one night at dinner for like an hour and a half about just surfing, and then the next morning, I was talking about surfing to Red, and then the next morning, it's really sick to see all the homies starting to surf. It's really fun. Makes sense. Yeah, it's super sick, and it and it's really cool because the bigger wave, like the more you get comfortable, the bigger waves you can surf. The kind of scarier they get for sure, but like the more it feels kind of like snowboarding and like you can really like draw out turns and lay into it and shit. It's really, Make it really legit, fun. huh? Yeah. Do you think you have a good uh, powder turn in snowboarding from surfing? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think. Be honest. Can. Be honest. Here. I, I I think I think that surfing. I I not like I have a good powder turn but I feel like surfing helps my snowboarding for sure and how I look at things for sure I love riding tranny like I'm always looking for side hits on the mountain even in the any even in the courses like I I love those side hits and I'm always trying to like kind of hit those side hits and stuff but so damn hard because Red's always just going way He's going chuck roast on I feel like yeah. the surfer eye inherently gives you a good pow turn just you just ride the snow a little bit differently. Yeah, for sure. Maybe you're surf. maybe you're more a little light, more light footed. I don't know, but then again, it, when it's really deep, it's definitely like really weird because like from right now, I just was snowboarding for like a month, and then I'll go back home and get in the water and like feel a little weird for the first because like, oh, you're up top. first like day or two because I'm like you got to kind of like relearn how to do it because there's definitely like with surfing, it's it's huge on making sure your feet are. Uh, if they're both equal, you know, like you need to be able to, when you go up and do like a turn or whatever, you want to make sure that you can put that weight on the front of your foot to be able to come back in where snowboarding, it's very equal footed. But then when you're riding like pow or something, you're so back footed that it kind of like makes you lighter. I don't know. That makes sense. That's cool. 
win. That's yeah, beautiful. Good insight. You make, I feel like if you're riding mountains, like big mountain terrain, you're probably just wanting to hack that shark fin. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's like the surfer move is just give that a little surfer on the news. Yeah. yeah. Surfer on the news. <laughs> I remember you know, that vid. Yeah. <laughs> Surfer He's on probably the news. never seen that, but we'll link that one up too. That's a good you one. You know, surfer on the news. He's like, <laughs> I don't. So oh yeah. Pitted. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He probably knows the surfer. Yeah, on the probably news. probably his boy. No, I don't. But I think that video was filmed in uh, Huntington Beach. It probably. Not, I'm not sure too it was. far away from my house. <laughs> All right, I got one more Patreon question for you from uh, Cooper Wrightween. Hopefully, I said that right. R.I.P. to that homie's last R. name. R.I.P. to your last name, Coop. Uh, what setup do you ride, and what is your stance? Uh, I ride a Burton 158 Custom, but um, next year at X Games, I'll be switching it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some new boards coming out with Burton that I think hopefully some people will be pretty psyched on. Um, but as of right now, I ride a 158 Custom. Stance is uh, zero zero. Oh, shout. Wow. Let's go. And air horn for that. Isn't that reason, the Bradshaw special? Dude, reason for that being uh, I spent a lot of time at the Gerard household when I was younger. And I used to always go out there and stay out there for like a month and ride the backyard. And one night, uh, Kai and Stunt Dick Jerry, Red's other brother, were, they... They switched my stance to like zero zero, and I think my board was like backwards or something like that. Didn't even notice. <laughs> Just went wrote, out like it was nothing. <laughs> wrote it, wrote it in the backyard the next day, and then I think we like wrote. We went to Keystone, and I started riding, and then like after like the first or like second run, I realized that my board was like backwards or whatever, and then ever since then I kind of just. Threw, threw them on there. Zero, Adapted zero. it. It feels pretty good. And then I, I run a little inside of reference. I think reference is like 21 or something. That's so like the recommended like stance or something? Yeah. I don't know. It switches up, though. Every time I'm like, hmm, this looks good. Like, oh, really? I don't know. <laughs> like, It's not like super. If it feels a little weird, I definitely kind of change it. But usually I just ride it out. But I definitely would like put it back a little bit if I was going to ride ride in the pal, you know, because I actually sometimes ride this board when we're, like, out building jumps and stuff like that. In, those, in the clips of One World, I was riding a family tree board, though, like 160 or something like that. You can't talk about this new board? Some secret shit? Yeah, yeah, me and Luke Winkleman and Niels got a... Uh, Got some secret shit coming out soon with Burton. That sounds cool. Whatever that secret shit is. I'm interested. I'm yeah. interested. Yeah, it should be. The samples be come out this shit. year and then the product another year from now or what? I'm not too sure how yeah. it works. I wonder. It's coming I'm, in the pipeline. I'm, That's I'm all we I, I don't really know much about it, honestly. Cool. I, I'm really stoked. Uh, Forward lean? What you do any of that? Uh, No, I... Actually, sometimes, sometimes, I don't know. I, <laughs> I like, I, he doesn't I know. like your attitude. <laughs> if it feels good, you rip it. Yeah, if sometimes I'll mess with it for sure if I'm, I don't know. Yeah. If I have like More a new. More tranny. But usually, dude, I just get bindings, put it on the deck, run it. Like, <laughs> I like that. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't overthink it. <laughs> like if I, it feels good, it feels good. Yeah, for sure. And I, and <clears throat> Honestly, awesome. at the end of the day, strapping in feels good. So as long as I can do that, then I'm happy. Love it. Love hearing that. Well, I think we did it. Yes. Brock, you got any uh, last-minute thank yous you want to throw up before we wrap this thing out? Thank you, snowboarding. 
Thank you to you guys for having me. Thank you to all my sponsors. And, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I'm super honored to be on here. And, yeah, shout out to everybody watching. Thank you for tuning in. And you guys are absolutely killing it. Thank Keep you, doing Brock. it. Thank you, Brock. Thanks for coming. And then one last thing before we take this out in our YouTube video, in our description, mm. we'll have links to One World. And then if you're listening on the audio version in the show notes, you can click on that. We'll have the links to One World and all the links to everything we talked about, every episode. Stony Buds kills it on those. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you next week. Over and out from the bomb hole.